Welcome to the Music of the Spheres podcast. We are broadcasting tonight from somewhere deep in the hills of upstate New York. Wherever, whenever, and however you're listening, we thank you for being a part of our universe. We are two brothers, bivocational ministers, seekers of truth, and drinkers of yellow beer. And we are broadcasting tonight episode number six. We're so excited about that. We are almost to number seven, which is, uh, that's been the point we've set for ourselves to say, all right, we can get there. We can make it to uh, seven episodes. And then, and then from there, it's just going to be easy at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Eight to 50. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 0.2 seconds. Right. And b- before you know it, we'll be having uh, anniversary shows and things like that. <laughs> you know, we just have to make it past seven. Um, so my name's Jordan, uh, um, and I'm joined by my brother, uh, Jason. And um, so you can say hi to Hey, all. Yeah, yeah. And we have our special guest with us who always joins us for the beginning of the podcast. Yes, I'm here. Hello. I'm Lila. <laughs> um, I think you should stop calling me a special guest because I'm like here every but I am special. You should always call me special. <laughs> All right. I'm All right. glad we had that yes. talk. <laughs> Left with a confusing conclusion. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. All right. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're we're just excited to be here. Uh, it's a little bit of a different feel for us. You won't know this, but we are recording on a different night. Every single uh, podcast episode we've done, all five of them, have been recorded <laughs> <laughs> on Wednesday nights. Uh, but this one is uh, its actually a Sunday night, so it was only just, it seems like just a few nights it's ago weird. that it we were recording. It feels wrong. Yeah. It feels wrong. It does not feel right. Got some weekend vibes going yeah. on. Like Wednesday, after, well, there's no choir on Wednesday, but like if we had choir and we didn't have podcasts after, it would feel, like even just without choir, everything would feel mixed up, and then no podcast would also feel even more mixed up. Look at that, in my just five weeks, my this Wednesday has changed be, your whole world. My yeah. Wednesday is going to be like... I, I don't know. Just keep going. <laughs> yeah, your your Wednesday's out the window at this point. Um, yeah, so uh, we're recording because we're, we weren't able to uh, schedule our time, uh, our normally scheduled Wednesday night time uh, this week. So we had to go a little bit early. So we're going to, you'll see it at the same time, we think. So <laughs> this is probably all <laughs> just water under the bridge at the time that you are listening to it. But we are recording on a different night, so that's kind of exciting. Well, you'll see it a little earlier than you usually do. No, no, we're going to drop Wait, it at the same really? time. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, so we're dropping it on a Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, it'll oh, be out okay. for everybody on a normal Thursday morning. Oh, just okay. Like, that's when you that's when you can look for your next Mots episode. You just have to, you know, dust off some of the cobwebs. <laughs> yeah, of the first it'll, few days of the week. <laughs> it'll give us an opportunity for a little more editing. Maybe it'll age like a fine wine. <laughs> Who knows? Well, um, another thing that's a little bit different is um, today I don't have any mic stand. I'm just holding the mic in my hand <laughs> because yeah. my dad had a gig. Um, he's in a band, I, like I said a few podcasts ago. Um, he had a gig for his band, and he used a mic stand that I used for that. And then he left mm. it at the place that he had the gig. And now I have no mic stand. And we tried to look for some at church this morning, oh. but there was nothing there. <laughs> well, they were, there were, but they Should've were broken pieces. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, so my I'm holding the mic like a singer. But, okay. It's all right. <laughs> You're you're doing great. I actually like it. It's more comfortable. I can like move around without having to be stuck <laughs> to one place. Yes, if only if only our audience could see 
how much movement could, like, is. You can I see could, how like, different a Sunday there, night recording still be is. <laughs> I could like walk halfway across the room and still be talking. <laughs> okay, so moving right along, last week we introduced a new segment, which was the uh, news update at the beginning of the show. That's not um, really a segment. So a last piece. week, <laughs> last. <laughs> I have the urge to talk. <laughs> we know. Just, just keep going. I'm sorry. I'm gonna try. <laughs> <laughs> So last week we uh, we did the moon phase update, but this week, uh, since Jason is presenting tonight on Music of the Spheres, he is going to be providing you with a space news update. Yeah, and so we um, we are now on Twitter, Twitter, and um, Twitter. we follow uh, at NASA Hubble, which is pretty exciting. Oh, cool! Yeah, the Hubble. Um, so they they tweeted a couple days ago. Uh, What's more beautiful than a star? A whole cluster of them. <laughs> this hashtag Hubble Friday image shows Terzan 1, which is a, a, I don't know if you say globular or globular. I think it's globular. Globular yeah. cluster, <laughs> which is about 22,000 uh, light years away. And a globular cluster is, is roughly spherical, uh, a spherical group of stars bound together by gravity. Um, so if you checked out um, at Hubble, uh, NASA Hubble, You'll see this image. It's really cool. Um, I'm not going to try to describe it on the podcast, but they, they do say more about this. Um, so uh, the image was taken by the uh, Hubble Space Telescope. Uh, shows Terzan 1, which is this globular cluster, um, which is 22,000 light years from Earth in the constellation Scorpius. Oh, if anybody cool. knows um, what, what that one is. And it is one of 11 globular clusters that were discovered by Turkish-Armenian astronomer Agap Terzan between 1966 and 1971 oh, cool. when he was working in France um, at the Lyon yeah. Observatory. So. Observatory. Very cool. Yeah. Now, we can, uh, we can put a link to that in the show notes so people can oh, check out right. that. Yeah. They can check that, out that image and see that, that beautiful image, which when they first looked at it, they said... This image is a cluster. <laughs> maybe. maybe. <laughs> or they were like, no, wait, it's a globular cluster. <laughs> yeah, right. Totally different. Yeah, where did they get that word from? That, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, moving right along. Uh, next segment is uh, Lila. Me. So you Shush. have your. Let me talk. <laughs> no, you can, you can. You have your uh, music of the week this week, I yes. think. Yes. Uh, don't spoilers. Oh. <laughs> well, they probably caught on by now. Every other week. Mm. Okay, so, um, hi, it's me, Lila, here for another episode of Music of the Series Pod. Um, this week, I will be talking about music. Um, so, this week's kind of music, I kind of thought up last minute. Um, <laughs> I, um, I was thinking, and I was like, wait, isn't nature music? Like, I don't know, like, the sounds of the swaying breeze, chirping birds, all put together is, like, its own style of music, basically. Like, there's animal sounds, natural plant sounds when there's, like, swaying. And, like, yeah, I was thinking that. And then also um, how... Just we could turn everyday items into music. We don't really need um, 
we don't really need any actual musical instruments to create music. We can just create music out of anything. Like, I have a pencil here. I could literally go, like, I could literally go, like, like, it's, that's music, isn't it? Organized sound. Organized is that what sound. you said? Yeah, that's what we yeah. said last week. So oh. that was very cool that you mentioned that because I don't think you listened to the whole episode from last week. I didn't yet, know. did you? <laughs> right, and we talked about how um, music is something that's kind of all around us um, in so many different kinds of ways. And so that's neat that that was your, that was your thing today. And I think, you know, it's, it's, it is so true, and it will actually tie in a little bit to a listener communication that we got this week. This idea of of just the ambient noise around us is somehow like the fabric of of sound um, and music, and it has its own kind of element of of being musical. And so I think that's really cool what you mm-hmm. said that you know just the sound of breeze in the trees or birds or just sort of the the natural sounds. I mean, one of my favorite sounds in the world is the sound of waves crashing on the seashore. There's nothing quite like that to me. I love it. And that's that's some of the most beautiful music I've ever heard. I mean, it wouldn't necessarily be described as music, but mm-hmm. it's beautiful. And it is musical in a way. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I think anything like that makes sound can be music. Anything like ever could be music. You could tap it, you could scratch it, you could shuffle it. This reminds like, me of that game uh, Bop It. Uh, back in the day, <laughs> you remember Bop It? No, you're probably too young. Um, but too there young was for a Bop It. <laughs> there was a Bop It, Squeeze It, Pull It, oh, Push It. Oh, I don't know what the. <laughs> I don't know. I've I've seen it's starting to sound like, like song lyrics now. <laughs> I've seen like meme commercials for that and stuff like that. Yeah. Twist like, It. Not, did I say Twist, twist It? Yeah. Pull It, Push It. Bop it, oh, yeah, like bop that. It. Yeah. oh, so you do know what it is. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah something like that. I don't know. I've heard of it, like Made not really Mattel. know it. But cool. All right. So um during Lila's segment, we always ask her a question, and I believe uh Jay. Uncle Jay is up this week. Yeah, so um my question is uh so we kind of talk about like centering ourselves. You do that in yoga, is that right? Maybe? Uh, finding your center. Yeah. So if you could choose between three centers, which one do you think you um, you resonate with, going back to episode five, uh, most? Does that make sense? Which one like do you feel most connected to? Head? Um, uh, mind? Uh, he- no. <laughs> That's the same thing. Mind. Uh, yeah. Uh, body? Uh, mind? Or... Uh, heart. Jeez, you're giving me hard questions. <laughs> um, I've, I haven't really thought of this before. It's different for me to think about this kind of thing. So, like, like, do you feel most connected in thoughts or in the way that your body feels or in the way that your heart and emotions feel like emotionally like love like how you love other people or just like emotions and feelings and stuff which one is would would like when you maybe maybe like when you first wake up in the morning what is do you are you thinking first are you feeling first are you noticing your body first 
which is kind of the first thing that happens. I think I'm like a little bit of feeling and thinking. Like um, when I wake up in the morning, really my only thought is I want to go back to bed. <laughs> and then you sound like your father's <laughs> daughter, I think. Yeah. Um, and my body just feels like meh. Like uh, meh. <laughs> like uh, every <laughs> morning, -E I snooze past my alarm, and then I it keeps snoozing it, and it keeps going off, and then I eventually turn it off, and then one of my parents has to actually wake me up mm. to get me to drag myself down the stairs to go eat breakfast, and um, I almost like stay in my bed until the last moment, and then everything turns into a rush. <laughs> so like I I always feel like meh. Get me back in bed in the morning. So okay, yeah. All right. Well, something to think about then. Maybe which uh, which of those centers is coming up more often than the others in your life. Cool. All right. Well, thank you, Lila. Um, anything else that you want to say before we? Uh, it's just getting past your bedtime, as it always does around this time of our <laughs> podcast. So. Well, actually, um, I just thought about that. What you said, Uncle Jay, um, <laughs> and I'm actually thinking it's more. Like, I think it's a little bit of everything, definitely, but, like, a little bit more of... So, it's mostly, like, mind and body, but then, um, well, I don't know. I'm, like, okay, so, <laughs> <laughs> on a regular basis, it's usually emotion and thought. Okay. Um, but mostly, I think it's emotion. Like, if I'm in a really bad mood, I'm, like, angry at everyone. And uh, people probably around you can feel it, right? No. Probably, yeah. <laughs> he said uh, very oh, yeah, seriously. He, he brings it up all the time. Dad brings it up all the time. He's like, when you're angry, other people around you can feel your bad vibe. Don't be mean. All right, well, that's some good self-reflection, I think. Mm, okay. All right. Well, thanks for being with us, Lila. I think it's time for you to get tucked in. You want to say your good night there to your, your hey, loving audience, I, your big I, fans? I don't have a good night. I just say oh, whatever. Okay. All right. You have quite a fan base out there, though. I do? Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. My fans. Yes. Okay. Um, good night. See you on next week's pod. And that was her uh, mic drop that she has practiced. Now that her microphone is free from a stand, it's uh, <laughs> everything's up for grabs. <laughs> oh, and that oh, was yeah. the Mind of the Middle Schooler segment here on the Music <laughs> of the Spheres podcast. So. All right. Thanks, Lila. <laughs> Have a good night. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, will the floor come down on us? Something's gonna. There is dust falling oh. from the ceiling, literally, <laughs> when she slammed. I'm, that I won't, I'm not gonna look back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's Lila. It's always a whirlwind. Um, it's, it gets the podcast off to a very energetic start, though. It does, I think. for sure. Yeah, she brings yeah. A, she brings a different kind of energy than uh, than you and I have, <laughs> particularly at you know in the evening uh -huh. when we've both had long days. Um, but it's great. We love we love having her on the show, and um, it was neat to kind of listen to her. Uh, go through her thought process there, right? Yeah. Like at first, that question totally stumped her, uh -huh. and then she kind of like hit the surface level of it. I should have, uh, you know, I should have given her a little, uh, you know, five minute. Here's my question. Yeah, yeah. But 
But that's not the segment. The segment is we right, spring it right that's on That's true. You know? Yeah. It's like she signed no up for No shortcuts this. here. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you're playing for keeps on Music of the Spheres. <laughs> but, uh, but then, like, she kind of got into surface level. And then after she started thinking on it for a minute, she was like, oh, no, wait, this is, this is it. So, yeah. like, even in just the few moments that we were engaging in that with her, she... Um, yeah, she definitely, you could see her mm-hmm. making some connections and, and getting to a new place, even just briefly. So yeah, shows how fast that stuff can actually happen, which is kind of yeah. cool. And how much we uh, like know that about ourselves. We just sometimes don't think, well, we don't think about it, and then we don't have the language for it either. Yeah. But isn't that neat, though, that, I mean, at first her response was like, I don't know, right? essentially that default of i don't know myself right but then just i mean very quickly after that she was already in a place where she was like oh no i actually do know myself because i am myself (laughs) and i experience myself every day i think about myself all the time (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'm with me every time every day yeah and it was it was neat to you know to see that and i think that that's um that's really true that um that that's how uh yeah, that's how it works. So mm-hmm. um, it, it's interesting in that way, and so it's, it's always fun to have her on the show to have her uh, have her perspective yeah. in the mind of the middle schooler. So uh, it's a different night of the week for us to be podcasting. How's your uh, How's your weekend been? <laughs> right, it's been mostly uh, just uh, learning a lot about um, what to do after you get. Uh, bit by an animal oh that's right we got to check in on that i actually saw your your wound you're wearing shorts tonight to the yeah. studio and yeah. uh you know air man, out it, the wound a little bit it, it's so. not it's no small you know it's no small trifle of a dog bite i mean yeah you, you really it you could got, have been a lot worse but it also was like oh wow that's like that's yeah. where somebody's tooth was <laughs> <laughs> um so doing I'm, okay though yeah, yeah. I've learned a lot about um um what you need to do when you I need to get rabies shots. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so get, putting those tax dollars to work, getting my uh, free uh, vaccines and whatnot. So, nice, nice. Yeah. Well, there you go. I'm glad uh, that you're glad that you're healthy. That's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah, I had a had a busy weekend. We just had a uh, a staff meeting at the brewery. Um, and in last week's episode, I mentioned that we had uh, gotten a new. Uh, tap yeah for our pilsner for your pilsner yeah i remember very excited about that and so we were teaching the staff how to pour uh through that faucet tonight um so that was that was really fun and um boy it really it makes a difference just the, the faucet the way a beer is poured um from from one faucet to another makes mm-hmm. a huge difference which you know you wouldn't think you know it's right. like all the stuff we talk about on this podcast, right? You wouldn't necessarily think that this thing is a big deal. And then you start to investigate it a little bit, uh-huh. and it is. Even something as simple as changing a faucet in the way that you pour a beer. Right. Um, it's amazing. So, no wonder they say ignorance is bliss. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as you start thinking about something more yeah. deeply. I know. There's like all these layer upon layer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we're, that was really fun. Like we were showing the staff how to do it, and um, we're going to pour it in these little dimpled mugs, and it's going to come out with a big, you know, head of foam on the a top, big like European foam. Yeah, it's nice. going to look, it's going to look so great. So we're we're excited about that. Um, so uh, you can come and check it out at Wolf Hollow Brewing anytime if you're if you're local. Um, we'll show you how it's done, or at least how we think it's done. Yeah. <laughs> we've just been watching a bunch of YouTube videos. <laughs> they so. can they can show you how it's done, and you can drink how it tastes yeah yeah exactly yeah you gotta work on that slogan yeah (laughs) 
Yeah, that's not not ready for a t-shirt yet, <laughs> no. but we'll get there. Um, and uh, I, the other thing I thought about because we've been talking, we talked about baseball last episode. So tonight, the the Yankees are facing elimination, mm-hmm. right? And uh, they're actually playing as we're as we speak, as we're recording. So I was yeah. thinking we could give like updates, <laughs> but then I realized. <laughs> Right. It would be they will all it know. would be about four days later, <laughs> you know, so it wouldn't be very interesting for us to give updates. It would be cool if we could give updates on the you know, the the AL championship series. Yeah. Between yeah. whoever is playing. Between we don't know who. Yeah. The Guardians and someone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or no, maybe not the Guardians. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, no. The Astros are winning beating the Guardians uh <laughs> three to six in the bottom of the third. That's now how cool that's would it be if that's what happens on right. Thursday? Um, yeah, so uh, that we just wanted to yeah, update on that stuff a little bit. Yeah, I'm excited about the tap, and uh, I'm glad that your dog bites feeling a little bit better. Yeah. Um, good. Uh, did anything? Did you encounter anything from last week's episode? Uh, anything you've been thinking about, or anything that uh, still kind of you know um, you're still engaging with a little bit on that? Or I couldn't stop thinking about um, the the resonance uh word in general yeah um and uh almost almost like what lila was describing with the sound uh, is nature music yeah um the organist at church today at the eight o'clock service usually plays a piece on the piano and it was called echo today oh cool it was really cool like the, the melody would play maybe on the the higher keys and then something would follow on the lower keys mm-hmm. it remind me of like a ripple effect yeah. uh you know you toss a stone into a pond and just watch it kind of um ripple out and uh the the resonance the the nature being music that was all kind of happening for me uh this weekend at, at various points yeah um, so it was just cool that she mentioned that. Yeah. Then I experienced uh, that that piece of music this morning at church, right? Um, and that we talked about it on Wednesday. Yeah. It's it's cool. It's got to be. There's got to be a. Um, there's got to be a term for this. Maybe more in in your field of sort of the psyche. But it's that idea that I I always equate it to um, the the old uh, Road Runner you know videos or the you know the cartoons with the road runner oh and the yeah. coyote yeah yeah um right? yeah there was a coyote right and <laughs> the road runner was like the you know the bird guy and he was fast and the coyote was always trying to catch him right i can't remember the names of them though but anyway <laughs> i remember this one particular episode where the road runner runs off a cliff you know uh-huh. but gravity doesn't capture him right and the coyote can chase him off the cliff right, right. And they they both go off the cliff and they chase each other out in midair off of the cliff. Yeah. Well, all of a sudden the the roadrunner grabs this book and on the front of the book it's like a textbook and on the front of the book it says gravity, and he gives it to the coyote and the coyote reads this book and essentially learns what gravity is. So then the next time they go, the roadrunner keeps going and the coyote runs out and succumbs to gravity and falls <laughs> off the cliff. And and it's kind of the idea of once you engage with it and and understand it a little bit better, you encounter it more fully. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, and it's like the same thing. Like when you you know somebody buys a car, and then like all of a sudden you notice oh, all yeah. those cars that right. look like yours, you know, yeah. out there. Or you're renting a car, and you notice all the other ones that are the same rental car as yours. Or you engage with these subjects and these topics, yeah. and then all of a sudden you 
you know, encounter them playing out more. Because I had a similar experience this week, you know. Every time we were making music, um, you know, like at church this morning, again, you know, with, with choir or playing piano or whatever, I'm thinking more about, you know, the resonant frequencies mm-hmm. and what's that doing in the space around us and what does it represent, you know. And, you know, in, in yoga practice at the studio after that episode, the same, same kind of thing as we're, you know, as we're resonating at the beginning of, of the, uh, of the practice, right. you know, it's, you, you encounter it, um, on another level, which is what's so much fun about engaging in this kind of inquiry is that the more you do it, the more it starts to kind of open you up to yeah. other things, which is just such a, yeah, it's just such yeah, a, your, your blinders are taken off and your antennas are put on. Oh yeah. 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 No, it's it's very cool, very cool. Um, and, and I had a um, I had a neat encounter today. So um, as we talk about, you know, just the engagement of people with the podcast, um, I was at a uh, I was at an installation service for the uh, oh yeah the classes. Uh, so Jason and I are part of um, you know a, a classes and and what a classes is in the Reformed Church in America is just a it's a group of churches um, that sort of you know sort of go through church life together essentially and um, and whenever there's uh, <clears throat> somebody that's taking on a new ministry role or <clears throat> being ordained into a ministry the classes always gets together and does its thing so that happened this afternoon and so it's always sort of a big catch-up session with a whole bunch of ministers that you it's don't not like for see. hot dogs no not the not that kind of ketchup <laughs> <laughs> catching up ketchup oh yes yeah yeah uh, and so we would uh, you know you you get together and you sort of do a little small talking and you you catch up <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I was, <laughs> I was talking to this one minister who they they just recently have, have moved into this area to take on um, ministry here and um, I I've known him you know for many many years but never closely and he says I've been listening to the podcast <laughs> and I'm like how did you even know we were doing a podcast you know and we were talking about it for a minute and it's just you know it's so neat and then um the guys in my band today were telling me that they're enjoying the the music in the podcast you know and it's just oh, yes. it's just neat to have these these things come from you know from the outside um I didn't even really know that this one minister and and how he would have encountered it must have been through the through social the media socials. or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so right. I guess social media yeah, does work. Thanks for listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, so you know, you know who you are. If we were talking yeah. today, it was nice to nice to see you Whether again you and catch up. Tune yeah. in for the for the yellow beer or for uh, <laughs> yeah. mind of a middle schooler or uh, whatever it is. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's it's very cool, very cool to to see the community kind of growing. Um, and speaking of the community growing, we have uh, another uh, listener communication this week. That's right. Which this one is it, just chock full of great stuff. Um, and this is uh, this is actually, I think, I think I can say this. This is our first repeat emailer. Um, so this is uh, this is a person that's emailed us before. Um, they still have asked to remain anonymous, so um, we won't share who it is. However, they said um, that they might 
be thinking about coming up with a pen name because they're, <laughs> they're emailing us frequently enough that it might be time for them to have an alias to be used on the Music of the Spheres <laughs> show. So isn't, that means- that, isn't that the dream right there, to have an alias somehow? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've either, yeah, you're either really, really cool or just really, really tough if you have an alias, uh-huh. you know, yeah. one, one of the two. Um, great. So, um, let me, uh, I, I want to just read this email. It's, it's a fantastic email and covers a whole bunch of stuff. So, um, this is from, uh, one of our, one of our most, um, most engaged listeners and, um, it goes like this at brothers. First off, I just want to say that I really don't love podcasts. <laughs> Hear me out. I have a hard time staying attentive, and I haven't really found one that has a grip on me yet. I'm sure it helps that I know you, too, and I seem to be in a great place in my life to have something playing in the background that doesn't require me to be stationary slash with my hands full as I chase a kid around. But I actually have truly enjoyed this every week so far. You have a great chemistry, and it's clear you're both invested in it. It makes for easy listening. And it's nice to have conversation with someone who speaks in more than two-word phrases slash cries. (laughs) Although there, this is not in the email, there's times probably where you and I sound like we're speaking in two-word phrases. Yeah, crying hasn't happened yet, but I'm sure that's in the We haven't cried on the podcast yet. I've cried while listening to the podcast, but not, not while on the podcast recording. (laughs) <laughs> and that was that was probably you know from something very profound that I that I had said. And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You bring me to tears. Yep, that's yes in multiple much ways. What I thought. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, and so back to the email. <laughs> Sorry, we got a little sidetracked there. Anyway, I loved this topic. I actually listened to the new content twice because I feel like it was pretty dense, and the first time I had so many thoughts I had to go back again. Uh, and they, they say this, I'd still like to remain anonymous. Maybe if I really get into the habit of emailing y'all, I'll come up with a pen name. So, yeah, if anybody out there has an idea for a pen name for our repeat emailer, you can uh, send us suggestions. Maybe we can uh, help this person find uh, a pen name for the podcast. Uh, our listener continues. Some feedback. Jason, I can confirm that you... Pr- pronounced dyspnea correctly (laughs) and how i maybe didn't uh except for the uh, part that you seem to question yourself halfway through the word you were right next time with feeling Uh, you gotta hedge your bets though (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah you gotta make sure uh and and then the listener continues jordan is next week pbr we will see. We're not to the beer part of the yeah, that's uh, true. segment yet, so we'll see if it's PBR or not. And then back to our email. I wrote down, I bow to the divine teacher within because it really struck me. I think in these last few years, I've realized that creation is both around us and within us and that we deserve to honor ourselves as vessels of divinity. It's easy to forget how much power we have. Finally, I've been working on grounding uh, myself more because in my current day-to-day, it's easy to get lost in the chaos. I've been fine-tuning this practice, but today I decided to try letting out a quiet, low hum. I don't know what it added to the practice, but I know it did. 
Okay, I'm just going to fire off some thoughts. I sat for a while with the idea of white noise, that if we do sit and focus on it, there is hum and harmony even in the mundane moments of everyday life. Back to babies. In the womb, we spend nine to ten months listening to the pounding of our mother's heartbeat, the muffled mumble of her voice, the whoosh of blood rushing through the umbilical cord, sloshing around in amniotic fluid. We never know silence, and we never want to know silence. Newborn babies are so comforted by white noise that there's countless stories of kids who only slept if the vacuum was on or they were in their car seat in a moving car. They are soothed by that constant rumbling and humming of the world around them, all too familiar. How cosmic. I work in a place where we are overstimulated with unnatural noise. We have to be constantly vigilant of alarms, and there's so much sound all day long that eventually we start to grow weary of it and stop hearing it altogether. I used to come home, and the noise would continue ringing in my head long after lights out, but eventually that stopped. And I feel like if I really take a hard look at myself, it was soon after that that I started having more difficulty being present in my daily life. Maybe it's because these frequencies don't harmonize with mine and the music is all disconnected. There must be a way to retune brains. And if each of us is generating our own vibes all the time, then we must be able to tune ourselves when we fall off pitch. Can we even change our own key? And when we do, even though the pattern is the same, are we then suddenly able to harmonize with others that we weren't able to before? Do we naturally change key, like the last chorus in a pop song, or do we have to make it happen? Um, And another thought she says here, how do we think this natural resonance affects people with autism? It seems like some sounds can be really comforting or aligning, while others can be really dysregulating. And that, just an aside, makes me think about how, you know, how anyone with a disability, you know, might encounter the normal things that normal quote unquote normal life things that we encounter every day, but in a way that's maybe totally different from ours. And I thought that was interesting that she brought that up, you know, just that concepts and ideas that we have might actually fall completely differently for someone with a different experience as far as, you know, having disabilities or just be, you know, differently able um, Mm -hmm. with certain things. So that's, I thought that was an interesting an interesting thought as well. Um, All right, and then finishing up this email. In regards to completing a major scale and how uncomfortable it is to not have the resolution of completing the scale, like what about that is so satisfying or not satisfying to us? Okay, forgive me because I'm not a musician. Please do not roast me. But the way I understand it, pop music, that's gift is much resolve. It's more math than music. Like, there's an equation to building an easy on the ears bop. And just like there's music all around us, there seems to be math all around us. Like Fibonacci sequence or fractals or whatever other weird should be science fiction but is actually real stuff. So, in a universe that's been musical since its conception, is math music or is music math? And then in parentheses, this listener puts, please tell me we aren't math. 
that's not as fun of a concept. <laughs> and the email ends with their signature. Uh, and so uh, thank you so much for that fantastic email. <clears throat> There's so, I mean, it just hits on so many things, which, which is in some ways reflective of what that episode was like um, yeah. last week. It was just, it, it, you know, sort of bounced off of so many different oh, subjects. Yeah. Um, and so this, this email also catches a lot of these different things. Um, anything in particular pop out at you in that email, Jason? Well, I'm, I'm certainly glad that we didn't talk about math for, <laughs> I don't know. We could, you know, it could, it could probably be interesting, but, um, you know, please don't, please don't say that we're math. <laughs> I resonate with that. Um, yeah, you yeah, resonate you know, I'd, with I'd that. much rather say that we're music or we're, we're like anything other than that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, well, I like that because, I mean, um, when this, this email, I started talking about this, um, it mentioned the Fibonacci sequence. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with the Fibonacci sequence? Only, only a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's similar to like you know like an exponential mm-hmm. thing, but it, it's it's kind of like the way that things in nature build upon themselves, trees and leaves and stuff like that. Do you remember that Bobby McFerrin album? Um, and it and it had like that swirly spiral on the cover, right? With the with the like the squares, there's squares and a, so that's one way to represent the Fibonacci sequence is with a spiral that keeps going out, um, and and it just sort of grows upon itself. The Fibonacci sequence. Uh, also, you can see it all the time in like um, uh, like seashells, like crustaceans. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you, have you noticed the way that they they start small and they kind of like the, the way that the shell is formed, it spirals out. You know, right. upon itself. That's that. All of the ratios in that sure. are based on this thing called the Fibonacci sequence. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and fractals are similar to that. You know, a, a fractal is when um, something is the same level of complexity no matter the scale at which you're looking, right? So if you look at a if you look at a tree from far away, it's very complex looking, but if you kind of zoom in, it's still complex looking, right. you know. <laughs> There's still like branches and stuff all spread out kind of evenly. Yeah. Um so those are just kind of my two takes on those things. But but it's interesting because those things are all they also connect to music. I mean, Music is all about ratio, as we heard Mm -hmm. last week, right? Harmony doesn't happen until you have two notes to compare to one another, right? It's not absolute; it's relative. Yeah, like you you compare one note to another, and then and then once you see the comparison between the two, then you understand: oh, this is a major chord, or this is a minor chord, Mm -hmm. right? And so it is very mathematical, and that's I think. Probably the neat part is as we cringe thinking, oh, no, let's, let's not say we're just math, you know, but but at the same time, you know, music and math are very much oh, yeah, intertwined. Sure. And I wonder if maybe that's just a way that we have these different different points of engagement. Mm-hmm. Remember how last week, you know, we were talking about all these different, you know, whether they were traditions or um, you know, scientific endeavors, sure. religious traditions, whatever, they were all pointing to the same thing of resonance and vibration and sort of the musical nature of the world. So what if this idea is like, whether you come at it from the music side or the math side, you're coming to the same thing, mm-hmm. you know? Like somebody that's that's a masterful improvisational artist, you know, m- making music, whether the jazz saxophone player or yeah. amazing guitar player, you know, they're 
they're doing math without even knowing it, you know, much in the same way that a, that a mathematician with one of those boards that's clear, because I don't know why they like to do that, but, <laughs> but mathematicians <laughs> like the clear whiteboards, they're right up there writing on stuff and they're just, it's just flowing out of their hand mm-hmm. and, and, and their mind. And they're not even really, you know, they're not having to think on it cognitively. It's just flowing. Right. It's probably a similar experience. Oh yeah. I would know? say so for sure. So I think that was, that was kind of a cool connection. Maybe coming out of a, going back to my question to Lila, maybe um, coming out of a, maybe just a different center of our, of our being, whether it's the head or the, the heart or the body. Yeah. Um, other, the, uh, the other thing I was, um, I read a few times was the, the sounds like from work lingering yeah. into oh, yeah. other parts of life. Almost like, um, like these, these noises that maybe isn't quite music because it's not organized sound. It's just sound can act sort of like scar tissue. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. On us, you know, right. ringing as we're trying to fall asleep and yeah. Um, how that stuff kind of builds up in us and, uh, we need to find a way to kind of break free from the, yeah, the scar tissue. Yeah. No, that that that's great. I love that I that analogy of scar tissue. Yes, that's that seems like it's. Uh, well, we all know that we carry scars with us. It's, right. Oftentimes, we don't understand how to identify them, uh-huh. right? And that's when they really start. Yeah, especially to, when they don't when they're not necessarily like physical. It's, I mean, it is having a. Those kind of things are having an impact physically, but it's like, yeah, a little differently, right? You know, yeah. Um. The other thing, uh, yeah, I bow to the divine teacher within. Um, our emailer said that they wrote that down. I bow to the divine teacher within. Um, and that was that uh, Ong Namo Guru yeah. Dev Namo, which is at the beginning of the, um, of the Kundalini Yoga practice. And that comes from the Sanskrit. And that's, that's exactly what it means. Um, I bow to the divine teacher within myself. And then our emailer wrote this line at the end of talking about that. It's easy to forget how much power we have. And I think that that is such a profound understanding to realize that within me and who I am, Mm -hmm. there's this vast well of power um, that actually I, I already know how to use. I just don't know how to control it. Maybe if I'm, if I'm not at that point yet. Right. Yeah. Because I think we use our power all the time, you know, we can will a lot of things in our lives. And sometimes we do it, you know, sort of willy-nilly and, you know, <laughs> muck things up real bad. Uh, but I think in other ways we can sort of more focus those things in in life. And so I, that was really neat to me too that um, that our emailer picked up on that. So that was a great email. Um, thank you so much uh, to our anonymous pen name seeking emailer. And uh, we hope to hear from you again soon. Yeah, just don't take Sydney Bristow. That's already taken. <laughs> What's that? That's Alias. Oh, okay. Um, All right. You know, great show. She's a spy. And like you said about Alias before, you're either really cool or really tough. Yeah. Sydney Bristow is both. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I strive to be both. <laughs> Um, okay, great. So um, next is uh, quote of the week. So Jay, oh, right. you have, you have yeah. a quote of the week I for do. us. Yeah. Okay. And, and then uh, we're gonna get the social media update and drink a couple beers, and we'll be right back. And we'll our... do a we'll do another one where I might have to guess. Yeah. Why not? I mean, Eddie Vedder. 
<laughs> Wouldn't that be so lucky if all my quotes were just Eddie Vedder? What was lyrics? the other one I said? Woodrow Wilson? Oh, no. <laughs> I think so. That <laughs> yeah. That one was coming uh, coming out of the woods, out of left yeah. field. Um, so here it is. Uh, this This person is kind of talking to someone. So they're describing okay. something. Uh, so this has to do with that good feeling of control, which I feel um, that children need to know is there. And it starts out, what do you do with the mad that you feel? And that first line came straight from a child. I work with children doing puppets in, in uh, very personal communication with small groups. And so this song came about, what do you do with the mad that you feel? When you feel so mad, you could bite. Um, I guess that's what that dog was feeling. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, When the whole wide world seems oh so wrong and nothing you do seems very right, what do you do? Do you punch a bag? Do you pound some clay or some dough? Do you round up friends for a game of tag or see how fast you go? It's great to be able to stop when you've planned a thing that's wrong and be able to do something else instead and think this song. I can stop when I want to, can stop when I wish, can stop, stop, stop anytime. And what a good feeling to feel like this. And know that the feeling is really mine. Know that there's something deep inside that helps us become what we can. For a girl can be someday a lady and a boy can be someday a man. That's the well, that's the quote. <laughs> so that's a quote. Well, it's uh, somebody said it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, my my guess is Dr. Seuss, but uh, okay. Yeah. I, I would say it sounded a little Dr. Seussish, but I couldn't tell if it was talking about us, like it was an interview. Like last time was an interview about a song, you know. So right. was it actually a musical artist um, talking about a song? Well, in in a way. So and you were on the right. You were kind of in the right area. Okay. Um, so that was Mr. Rogers. Oh, Mr. Rogers. Um, oh. Trying to get funding for his show. So he's um, explaining to Congress yeah. um, just a little bit about what happens on the show. Oh, that's cool. Way back, that was like in the 60s. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, nice. Mr. Rogers. Quote. Mr. Rogers makes an <laughs> appearance on the show. We love it. Great. Um, cool. Well, thank you for the quote of the week, Jason. Um uh, Someday we're going to have jingles for all these little mini segments in this in the larger segment. That'll be fun. But uh, now we're moving along to social media, so I'm going to go grab yeah. us some cold beers. So as you heard, um, you know some people that are local and that are kind of friends with with both of us. Uh, you've you found us on Instagram and and on Facebook, perhaps, and uh, you're you're finding the links to the show, and we're grateful for that. So um, if you like what you hear. Uh, Please share if you think others that you know uh, would, would like what we're doing and uh, we can grow the community. So Instagram obviously is is uh, at Music of the Spheres pod and then Facebook where uh, Music of the Spheres podcast and then Twitter now. I don't know why I always have to say it like that, but it, <laughs> I was taught to say it like Mitten and Twitter. And there you go. It, you know, it sounds, sounds kinda, very emphatic when yeah, you do that. Yeah. Um, at Music Spheres Pod, I think is Twitter. So I don't know how many people have Twitter or 
how many burner accounts there are out there. <laughs> um, you just want to get your news and be left alone. So who knows how people use Twitter, but um, that's where we are. Cool. Uh, um, and speaking of the uh, updates, uh, we picked up a new country this week. Oh. Yeah. And we are now uh, in Panama. We wow. got a download in Panama, which is very cool as well. That's cool. So I wanted to share that. We are growing the community across the globe. The music of the spheres is taking over the blue sphere. That's <laughs> good stuff. Little rock in the middle of space. Yeah. All right. Look at what you have here. I have cold beer in a can. And this That's great. I, you know, I'm talking about social media, and it just shows up. It just shows up. Yeah. You don't even have to tip me. You're good. Um, I tip my cap. To oh, you. thank you. Uh, so this can is green. Um, yeah. And it's and it's a different can design than I remember it being from before. I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. See, I don't remember the design. I remember it being green. Yeah. It's always been green. It's not easy being green. <laughs> I That's what I heard from Kermit. Well, for this beer, it's very easy. Um, yeah. <laughs> so what we have today, we're, we're sticking with our friends out in Rochester, New York. This is uh, Genesee Brewing Company's Cream Ale. And I don't know if it says it on the, and I don't think it says it on the can, but it says it on the on the case box that I bought it um, and that it was packaged in. And it said, um, it said, smooth like a lager, crisp like an ale or something like that. Oh. <laughs> I was like, because a cream ale actually is, uh, is a hybrid style. Okay. Um, so a cream ale is... Um, the difference between do you know the difference between an ale and a lager, Jason? Uh, lager ferments at a lower temperature. Yes, Is that true. Yeah, takes yeah. longer then mm-hmm. as well, and with a different strain of yeast. It's called bottom fermenting yeast. It ferments at okay. the bottom of the tank, and then ale is uh, ale yeast is top fermenting yeast. Ferments at the top of the tank, higher temperatures, quicker. Lager yeast, lower temperatures, bottom of the tank, longer. Okay. Right, and so you tend to get a more smooth, more clean, you know, and then ales tend to be you know, have a little bit more flavor from the actual fermentation. Sure. Um, so a cream ale is a beer that's fermented with ale yeast, but it's fermented at lower temperatures, closer to lager temperatures. So it's almost like a hybrid style. Okay. Um, and that's and, very in these days. Yeah. Yeah. Hybrids. Yeah. Just in general. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right? It's more fuel efficient. <laughs> um, and so it's just a different style. And so uh, it, it's interesting that Genesee makes this because most of the big macro breweries only make lagers. Right? Yeah. You, you don't see a lot of ales. So so it's pretty cool that they do an ale. Um, so we're going to have to try it out. It's a cool looking can. Redesigned. Um it's got some like cursive writing on it. It was before it was just like very, very simple yeah. all the way across. When did, I mean, why did they use, you know, you think cream, you think of like coffee or, um, you know, kind of dessert. That's kind of a, is that kind of what they're trying to describe though? That it's got like a, is that, are they talking about the finish? Or are they talking about the, um, Mouthfeel. Well, What's the... I, I'll be interested to see what you what you think of it when you taste it, because I mean, I can I can only tell you what I know from from my experience. Um, in that, this is like an actual. It's a name of a style. A cream ale is like a a red ale or a stout or a porter. Cream ale is a category. Yeah, uh, it's like a, a beer style category. But I'd be interested as you as you try it. Now, once again, this is probably the darkest yellow beer we've had. Don't you think? 
That's even darker than yeah. It's pretty. Uh, last week's we said it was shades, a shade darker. Shades down. Yes, that's like almost pale. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very golden, or almost bronzish. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. It looks like your baby shoes. And and less um, less see through mm-hmm. as well. I feel like yeah, just know, a, just a, a just a mild a haze to it. Yeah, it's not not hazy like we would call it a hazy beer, but. What do you think of the uh, What do you think of the flavor? I do like. I mean, I've always liked the the Jenny Cream Ale flavor. Yeah, because it is. You you know, I've never heard someone describe it as like you know part ale, part lager. Mm-hmm. But now it kind of makes sense because it's yeah. like it's trying to straddle those worlds. Yeah, yeah. Tell. Yeah, you get you get sort of the best of both worlds. Like there's there's more flavor, and maybe that's where the where the term cream comes from because there's more flavor in it than a typical lager would have. Right. Right. There's a little bit more and that comes from the fact that it's ale yeast, which naturally imparts more flavor to the beer than a lager. A lager yeast leaves it more clean. Mm-hmm. Whereas ale yeast is gonna leave some of its fermentation flavor behind, which most people actually like, you know, as long as yeah. it's not over the top or bad. Um but it's done in such a mild way that it still kind of drinks like a lager beer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or you know, uh, it wasn't it your uh, it was your garage beer for for a while there. Well, the or funny, <laughs> the story goes that um, this is uh, this is sort of an old classic favorite of um, you know our dads. Um, you know me and and Pete, his father. Um, he's my he's my business partner at Wolf Hollow Brewing, and his dad also loves cream ale. So um, it was kind of a joke to drink cream ales, you know, when we were uh-huh. doing work, you know, around the house or whatever. So yeah. when we started yeah. building the yeah. brewery, chainsaw. And- Splitting yeah. wood, all those. Right, right. <laughs> well, especially when you're getting out the chainsaw. Yeah, yeah right. that's when you want to make sure you got a couple beers in you. Yeah, um, yeah. So we uh, were building the Wolf Hollow Brewing Company, and we didn't have any beer to drink because you know the brewery wasn't built yet, right? So we would buy Jenny Cream Ale, and so we're putting together a craft brewery, and all over is these little green cans of beer floating <laughs> around the the job site, you know, as we're as we're putting the brewery together. So yeah. So you're, that's Jenny Cremel. You're the inspiration, Jenny Cremel. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's just, it reminds me of a song. <laughs> it, and I can't tell if if like my mind is telling me, oh, this is creamier than the other. Like you know, almost like has like a mm-hmm. a quality to it. If that's my mind, because I'm seeing the word Cremel, <laughs> right, right, and then I'm tasting the beer, or if it actually is a little more like, yeah, has a little more of a body to it, yeah, than the others. It, yeah, I think I think it's a little of both. I think you're definitely getting the the ale yeast in it, and definitely imparts a little bit more body as well. It's not going to be, you know, it's not going to have that thin lager beer kind of yeah. kind of mouthfeel. Yeah. So there you go, Jenny Cream Ale, also lovingly known by the locals as Screamers, yeah. <laughs> and they only had it in a thirty rack at the store today. <laughs> So it was my first ever thirty rack of screamers that I bought today. I was pretty excited. That was about your that. first ever. That's I, I always more bought it in twelve than... packs. Yeah, I always bought it in twelve packs. So yeah, I never bought a thirty rack of screamers until today. That's a pretty smart oh. business move, I think. Let's just sell them in thirties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're gonna need all of these. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why buy twelve when you know you need thirty? <laughs> all right. Well, thanks uh, for hanging in for the first segment. That was a that was a wild ride. We had a great email there with Lila with some super high energy. We're on an off night, so the the, the uh, moon feels like it's in a different phase tonight than it should be, or something like that. So yeah, it's on that Sunday phase, not the Wednesday phase. 
Yeah. The weekly moon phase. <laughs> yeah, right. We're going to have to look at that calendar again. <laughs> I think we got something. All right. Wrong. Does the moon not go in weekly phase? <laughs> <laughs> couple of real astronomy experts right here, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening to the first segment. We are going to be right back, and it's Jason's week to share his mind fruit with you. And so <laughs> we're going to let him do that in just a moment. We'll uh, take a short break, and we will be right back. Thanks for being with us. my mind fruit you know i always consider it sort of fruits of my region right like apples strawberries yeah. uh, blueberries and whatnot um, but after hearing that music i'm i'm thinking my mind fruit will be a, like this week will be a little more like you know a mango or <laughs> <laughs> a papaya, papaya. <laughs> right guava oh a little guava lychee perhaps <laughs> some kiwi too just to keep it a little spicy Um, ah nice nice. but i I was also thinking um whenever you whenever you say that um or a listener emails about it or whatever um, or or my friend at the yoga studio says it's really working you're watering my mind fruit it's like yes i know exactly what you're talking about it makes me think of this game that kids play called fruit salad have you ever no um, no so one i always uh, like good fruit salad though right yeah yeah who doesn't mm-hmm. yeah you know you can choose which fruits you want but uh the one one kid will um kind of you have like three fruits to choose from or maybe four depending on the size of the group and they'll assign each kid in the circle um one of those three or four fruits and then they get to yell yeah. banana right and yeah. everyone who's a banana has to like switch uh spots in there oh cool uh, in the circle yeah um, so it gets pretty chaotic yeah yeah and then they can yell fruit salad and that means all the fruits uh, yeah. have to change spots That's fun. so i'm thinking that this episode this content might be a little bit like a fruit salad nice <laughs> nice i was wondering where you were going to weave that one Just, in there yeah you, you did, did you see it. how that was good that? Yeah, that was very good yeah um yeah that was like an eight or a nine landing right there i think <laughs> 4.7. Oh, wow. That's low. That seems like there's some... Well, it's on uh, a scale of 1 to 5. Oh, yeah. okay. 
Though we had like figure skating judges happening here. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's all political. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Mind fruit is so political. <laughs> um. So anyway, um, maybe, you know, maybe you've guessed from my question to Lila. Yeah. Um, that I'll be. Uh, this is a, the beginning of uh, probably a series on the Enneagram. All right. Today. The Enneagram. I knew it was coming at yeah. some point, just wasn't sure yeah. when. And as we said, this was kind of a, a short week. Um, just recorded Wednesday, and now this is just Sunday. So I needed something that I kind of already had some some content on, mm-hmm. uh, knowing it was a short week. So uh, I'll give you a, kind of an overview, a brief overview of the Enneagram. It won't be like a complete overview. Um, cause I don't know if I'm ready to, to do that, quite. <laughs> um, but I'll, I'll talk about the, the type that I am, okay. which is a nine. Okay. Um, and, uh, if there are any other nines out there or after you hear this and you think, oh, that sounds like me, yeah. you know, email us, let us know. Or there's, there's different tests you can take out there, um, yeah. to figure out your number, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, yeah. Um, so it's interesting because the Enneagram, um, you know, it's one of those, it's like a, a topic that we've talked about a lot between you and I, you know, um, and it's something that's, uh, you know, I've, I've talked about a lot with other people, but it's, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes it's, it's also very new to people right. as oh, yeah. well. So mm-hmm. it's something that can, you know, kind of pop in and be something very, a very new experience. Yeah. And it sounds like it's going to be very similar to last week's episode where it's kind of a a broad brush of everything, and then right. at some point we'll sort of dig down a little bit more deeply into some of those topics Yeah, as well. definitely. Cool. Um, so, yeah, kind of starting at the beginning, Enneagram, what does that even mean? Yeah. Um, Ennea. You know, I don't even know what that means. Oh, really? Yeah, as much as I've taught. We, I mean, like, we had a, a seminary class that was pretty much all about it. Right. And I still didn't, that, that didn't stick <laughs> for me. Oh, you can blame that one on distance learning, I guess. <laughs> Um, but Enya just means nine. Um, so it's this, it's got nine, um, sides or points to it. And Graham is just a, uh, shape or like a, you know, some kind of design. Um, so it's, or a figure. Uh, so it's, it literally means nine sided figure or nine pointed figure. Yeah. That's interesting. What's Do you know what the root language is? Is it Latin? Um, uh, that would be Indian? my guess. I would yeah. guess that too. Yeah, right? I think I oh, think Latin. okay. Because maybe you think a pentagram. I mean, it, that's a five, a five pointed object, right? Right. right. It, it's been associated with a lot of like, you know, sort of scary stuff, but it's really not actually. Yeah. You know, the Star of David is a five pointed star, right? right. So, um, yeah, interesting. So, so it's, so, um, I mean, it's it's quite ancient as a. As a symbol and and how it has been used um, to kind of explain a little bit what we were talking about with Lila, kind of put give language to things we already know about ourselves, mm. but that we haven't really been able to to put into words, to to grasp, um, to kind of create meaning, create reason out of why we're, we are the way we are. Um, you know, what is, what is driving us? Um, um, how different relationships pull us in different directions. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's a, it's a a way of essentially a way of knowing, 
really. Mm-hmm. I mean, about ourselves. Is that? I mean, is that what you're saying? Like that? Yeah. It's something we, you know. I mean, because this is the struggle that I've had whenever I've talked about it. Is you know, there's so many personality tests out right. there, it, but it's somehow it's deeper than that to me. Right, and that's right? that's it's what not I always just try a personality kind of, test, right? So right. Yeah. So yeah, you have the Myers Briggs, right, and um, the letters that show up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> after yeah. them, or um, <laughs> and and there's other things out there, and and those are great too. I think great resources for um, self reflection, and and really, I mean, those are kind of. It seems a little more like understanding you. Yeah. Um, and I haven't. I mean, I've done more work with the Enneagram, so I don't know exactly um, what what you kind of do with Myers-Briggs once you have your... Right. Um, I don't know what they kind of guide you into, but uh, with the Enneagram, they they um, ask you to figure out your number. Um, and then, then it really expands into um, your relationships, into um, when you're sort of like, lack of a better term, when you're like well-adjusted, when you're kind of... Uh, living your best life or mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> right yeah. when you're living the version of yourself that you are kind of like most proud of those are all different ways of saying the same thing yeah um so the enneagram kind of shows you what tendencies you get into when you're doing those things but then also when you're you know what tendencies you get into yeah when you're feeling stressed when you're feeling right. overwhelmed yeah. when nothing seems to be working out um so it it, it really kind of puts you uh puts you gives you a foundation your your number that is kind of your status quo yeah and then the pendulum that you swing on yeah and and how all that uh interconnects and um there's all these studies about how different numbers interact you know if you're if you're thinking about uh starting a relationship with a certain number and you're this other number right. how, what what are going to be the the areas of yeah. conflict and things like that. So it's it's got all of these uh, these different things going on for it. Yeah, I definitely, uh, from my understanding of it, and I think you know I, I've not engaged as deeply as you have. So I'm glad that you're the one presenting on this topic. But um, yeah, it's definitely it takes it to that next level of you know first I know myself, but then there's these other these other realms that I will be able to explore. You know, like. Mm-hmm how do I handle stress and how do I, how do I express, how do I know when I am living my best life? Because, you know, maybe some of these signs will show up that are in the Enneagram. Right. And so that's how I'll know. And how do I know that I'm not doing that? Right. How do I know (laughs) that I've gone the other direction? Right. Some of these, some of these signs will kind of pop up, Mm -hmm. you know, and then also, yeah, the relationship thing is huge. Um, and, uh, so there's one part of it I'm interested to see if you touch on, but I'm not going to say what I think it is because I don't, I just want to see if you get there. Right. This is kind of, um, yeah, I'm, I'm realizing it probably should have been more of like an overview of like just describing each number and, you know, I kind of went into more nine with this. So, um, you know, there might, we might have to go back and like re-explain some of these things, but. All right. Well, um, yeah, I'll let you go. Do your thing. So as I was uh, talking with Lila, uh, so there's, there's nine numbers, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Um, that that's like a Sesame Street song, right? <laughs> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yeah, yeah they yeah. they went on to ten, eleven, twelve. I don't know. Right, right, right. But, um, Those are the three hidden Enneagram types, <laughs> right? Yeah. 
<laughs> the sub subtypes because there are there are uh, subtypes. Um, yeah, I actually think there's 27. Oh sure, yeah. yeah but you know, we can get into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when people have stopped listening. <laughs> um, so uh, there are three centers where um, you know three uh, three groups of three numbers each kind of hang out together. Um, so there's the uh, the heart center, which is numbers two, three, and four, mm-hmm. which is where they have this um, uh, heart center that is is kind of the the core of how they operate, um, emotions and whatnot. You know, it sounds like Lila is somewhere in there. If that's where where she was uh, where she was landing, perhaps. It was funny because at first she said, you know, oh, it's all in my head, you right. know, and then my body. But then she was like, wait, no, actually, it's totally emotions. Yeah, <laughs> and uh-huh. I was like, yep. So that might be a place for her to start when she. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, joins this uh, Enneagram journey. Um, And then the head center is numbers five, six, and seven, where, um, you know, they they take in the world through their thoughts and um, uh, express that back out into the world in in different ways. You know, five, six, and seven are... the, The people I know who are those numbers are quite different people, but they all kind of dwell in this... Um thoughts uh realm and then there's the body center which is eight nine and one which is you know thinking about the gut um very uh uh, receiving the world through uh through the body and kind of um, attuned to what is happening in uh, in different parts of your body whether whether your palms are getting sweaty or uh you just kind of feel feel the world through through your body. Um, right. So it's like feel like physical feel, you know, like feel with the body, feel with with physical sensation, with touch, mm-hmm. with... Um, yeah, touch. You mm-hmm. know, uh, somatic responses to right. things, heart rate uh, changing, um, awareness changing, um, you know, body temperature change, things like that, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to feel like my feelings feel. Yeah. Right. Like there's a distinction there. Right. Is that what you're saying? Is right. It? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, touch was a, a, was a good example, mm-hmm. sort of um, an embrace, a, a desire to feel connected mm-hmm. um, to, to other people. Um, so there's there's those kind of three groups. And then uh, as you get into it, there are um, so say say you're a nine like I am. Mm-hmm. And nine sits at the top of the Enneagram. Oh, yeah. Of you know, you want to be at the top. <laughs> yeah. <why> I... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can't you see my crown that I'm wearing right now? Um, so uh, on on either side is, so it's eight and eight and one. Um, so if I'm a nine, I could also have a wing and it could be one of the other body center numbers, eight or one. Mm-hmm. Um and how I how I figure out my wing is, you know, just figuring out am I more like a one, which is kind of like the perfectionist, um, you know, working to to make sure things are done in the right way at the right time and in good order and things like that. And um, or am I an eight who is kind of uh, is that my wing where the eight is kind of a uh, it's really a strong uh 
uh, I, I think they often call it like the challenger or kind of just like the the person who you, you think of when they're like uh, standing in front of a group um, talking about social justice or like yeah. or the rights of the oppressed and that yeah. kind of thing. Um, that power personality yeah. kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, each each number, what whatever number you are, I just happen to be a nine, but if you're an, another number... Um, you would have a you would have a wing where you kind of because um, you're not always going to be exactly that one number all the time, which right. is kind of the beauty of it. Like as as far as I can tell from like like Myers Briggs, like you kind of you are what you are, and then that's kind of what it is. Yeah, um, that's kind of why I like the Enneagram. It's sort of it it feels right. like life. It feels like it's yeah it's uh, going along with you. Um, yeah, and with with Myers Briggs too, the understanding is you have the four, you have the four letters, um, and they each kind of speak to a different area, but they're they're dualistic, right? If I recall, right? Like, is there yeah. two choices in each category in the Myers Briggs? I think I think so. Yeah, I think you can either be like, so you go through the you know the first category, you're either one or the other. Mm-hmm. You go to the next category, you're either one or the other, right? And so it's it's dualistic in that way. And then, but across four categories, there's some, you know, sort of individuality to it. So, but with that, there is no connection then to other types, right? right? Yeah. You can say, all right, well, in the second category, we have the same letter. Mm -hmm. So we are connected in that way. Right. But there's really no, like, from what I understand of the Enneagram, there's, there's much more flow. Like, you can flow to a different type a little bit more easily. Um, you can, you can see how, you know, stress and, Mm -hmm. um, abundance sort of work in different ways. And then the whole wing idea is really helpful too, because that's the, that's the challenging thing about, you know, any quote unquote personality test is that sometimes it's like, I am like that, but not all the time. Right. (laughs) You know, like I can see how. You know, I was recently talking to somebody and, you know, they're like, well, you know, you're an introvert if you recharge when you are, um, when you're alone, right? Mm -hmm. Or by yourself or not in a group, right? Um, But that's not really how it is for me. You know, I don't, I don't actually like big groups and, you know, being around a lot of people, Mm -hmm. even though a lot of the stuff that I do is about big groups and a lot of people, (laughs) you know? Right. Um, but I also don't necessarily recharge just from being away from that and being alone. Right. What I have discovered about myself is that I actually recharge a little bit better in one-to-one relationships, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, actually, that's why I really enjoy doing the podcast with you because this, this is just a one-to-one right. relationship. We just happen to be sharing it with people from <laughs> Panama and Mexico <laughs> and France and wherever. You know, but it's a it's a one to one thing. So, you know, so it doesn't always fit in the introvert extrovert thing because I am all at once both an introvert and an extrovert, Mm -hmm. right? Depending on the situation, the scenario, you know, the my energy level, um, you know, other experiences I've had. So, right, that feels more malleable. Even that, yeah, the whole introvert extrovert thing, because I mean, so so many ministers that i've said is like well i'm an extroverted introvert right yeah, it's like yeah, well yeah. so you're like neither of those things right or right. you're both of them yeah <laughs> right because we kind of you know the longer you do something you know, may- maybe you're faking it till you make it 
at right. some point, but at some point you make it and then it's like, well, now I'm both of these things Yeah, yeah. at, at the same time. And um, you're, what you're talking about kind of gets into the three instincts, I think is what they call them in the Enneagram as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So you have um, self-preservation mm-hmm. is is one where that that's kind of like uh, obviously really connected to the body as well. Not necessarily the same as the body center, though. Right. Um, it's, okay. So that's where it could kind of get confusing. Um, but you're um, you know how to you're aware of your uh, bodily health and keeping track of of uh, you know what you're eating and uh, how you're exercising and um, try, really trying to take care of yourself because you want to preserve self. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so you make decisions too based on you know is this a safe thing to do? Is this dangerous or um, you know, are these people that I'm with going to cause me harm or whatever? So you kind of, you can see how it sort of goes out and that becomes sort of a, a model or a, an instinct for, for how you're living. Yeah. And also, um, that would also be connected to like decision-making as, mm. as far as like, um, just wanting to make sure I have all my needs met, right? Physical needs, you know, like mm-hmm. the bills being paid you know and exactly and making sure that i'm secure and safe and i have you know food and you know like sort of those basic like survival like i need to make Mm -hmm. sure that i've got all this stuff lined up you know and and that's kind of the self self prez yeah if, if that if that's the instinct you're um most sort of jiving with then um then self preservation is something that's a priority right um and then there's the sexual uh, instinct, which is, you know, not necessarily like what we would initially think, I guess. Um, but it has to do with like intimacy and um, having, uh, uh, you know, maybe maybe embrace or touch is an, another way to uh, another word to describe the um, the sexual instinct as well. Just those those really deep connections that you can make with people like kind of one-on-one mm-hmm. in, in a way. Well, I've actually heard that um, instinct or subtype referred to as the one-to-one. Right. You know, yeah. Which so kinda, maybe, a, maybe a better way <laughs> well, to just, describe it. Just takes the, it just takes the buzz factor out of it. You know? I know. Yeah. You know, like I, we can put that into the, uh, to the keyword search for the uh, <laughs> podcast episode and, and more people will click on it right. because of that. Yeah. I'll put sexual in there, but, um, but it, it's kind of a buzzword thing. Right. Yeah. Whereas really, I think what the, the heart of it is getting mm-hmm. at is, is how do you relate? Right. Like, yeah. um, like a self preservation instinct might relate at the level of how can you help me survive? Yeah. Whereas a one-to-one might relate more like, I just want to have a really special relationship with you, mm-hmm. right? Or this one other person. Um, and, and and that's kind of, there's a distinction there, you know? And so, because, yeah, it's tied up in sort of sexuality in some ways, it can, I, I think it, you know, the sexual subtype understanding is actually a good description but it has like all that other baggage as soon as you mm-hmm. use that word where it kind of like you know blinds right. people's what are we talking eyes, about right? now? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah so so do i want to be that type or yeah, not right. yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean yeah yeah so if you are if you are a person who's like really good one on one um makes 
you know makes connections and 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 feels known in in that one-on-one setting um, pretty easily that might be sort of the instinct that that most uh, closely correlates to how you sort of understand the the world yeah so and then the last one is is uh, the social so it's it's um community sort of uh really interested in building community building uh connections and, and relationship um with kind of in kind of the larger sense i guess if if the one-on-one is more of the that intimate level then the social seems like it's um you know on sort of a multi-person level yeah 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 and, th- and that's um that's interesting you know to hear you talk about it Th- that's what's cool about this is like I've engaged with this topic a little bit myself, but not in the same way that you have, right? And so I'm hearing sort of you talk about it in in ways that sound familiar, but are still, you know, they have their distinctions right. and different. Well, this is the area I've I've uh, I've done the least amount of <laughs> thinking around these these instincts. So yeah, yeah. if you've thought about them more, then yeah, uh, please feel free to. Well, that'll be the third segment. Oh right, <laughs> yeah. I have to keep. Uh, I have to keep sharing. Yeah, you can't just you can't just bail out. Really getting through. into the screamer here, the uh, the Jenny. The no, Jenny but it's cream. but it's neat because you said you know interested in building connections and making communities, right? Whereas I've often thought of the social instinct as kind of your classic extrovert, you know. Oh, just sure. liking being around people. Yeah. But there's more to it, I think, is well, what you're saying. It's funny because um, as an instinct uh, of the three, like the one I uh, resonate with <laughs> the most. <laughs> For lack of a yeah. better term. Yeah, I can't think of another term. Like, honestly, it's just stuck there. <laughs> so I'll just, just say You've been it. resonating for a <laughs> yeah. whole four days uh, since then. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> um, is, is the social instinct, which is funny because, like, I, you know, because I, I I think of extroverts as well. It's like, oh, these people who are social butterflies and are yeah. connecting people here and connecting people oh, you're there. You're bringing in butterflies now too, resonating butterflies oh, yeah. of chaos. <laughs> <laughs> social chaotic butterflies. Uh, so not being an extrovert, I was kind of like, what? how can I be this, how can I have this like social instinct? But yeah. um, so I guess the way I, I view it as that, that community, the um, just want to be wanting to be like part of something uh, bigger than myself, and um, y- using my my gifts when I can, and knowing when to step back and <laughs> shut up and things like that. But but still being part of it, right? Right. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of my interpretation of it. And it's like, yeah, oh, I guess I could be social and be a little more introverted, and yeah. that can all still make sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Well, and and that is the that is the beauty of the Enneagram, um, from what I've understood. Not mm-hmm. not just from my own understanding, but listening to you talk about it tonight, is the flexibility of it. Mm-hmm. That it that it helps to give language and understanding um, to the complexity that is each individual human being, mm-hmm. because we're not just ourselves; we are also you know, our relationships were also our changes that we go through over the course of a life or even just in a season of life. You know, we are all of that encompassed into one being. Yeah. Right. Like I'm a different person now than I was even, you know, three or four months ago. Right. I've, I've 
gone through a, a period of, of, I guess I would say rapid growth in my life, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm still all of that. My, like the story of me is the whole thing, you know? It's yeah. not just the person that you've grown into or transformed into now, mm-hmm. right? Um, it, you're, you are the whole encompassing yeah. element of yourself. You're like a long novel. You're not a series of yeah. Yeah. picture books. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And so the Enneagram helps to to give you an anchor point through all of that, I think. Yeah. Right? So it, like you can you can understand, okay, this is the this is the core, you know, and then you can build a little layer onto that and say, well, sometimes I'm this and sometimes mm-hmm. this way and then oh, at, at this particular season of life I was here and then I was, you know, sort of moved over to there, you know, and it it gives you a little bit yeah, a little bit broader of an understanding, I think, while still allowing you to to have some sort of a, you know, language explanation to mm-hmm. the way that you move through the world. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that sort of sliding um, spectrum or um, swinging pendulum idea of, of it all. Um, and, and kind of, the, you kind of led me into um, some of the the stress and stress and security language. So, okay. Uh, so I've shared that I'm a nine. Uh, what does that mean exactly? Um, in a it's nut- just you wanted to be the highest number. <laughs> I wanted to, yeah. <laughs> like, and you're at the top yeah. of the thing, and uh-huh. in the middle of the gut types. Yep. Right. So top middle. Yeah. The- <laughs> and and we can um, we can basically see the the point of view of all the other numbers. You know, I've heard that about nines mm-hmm. that, that everybody has a little nine in them. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, it's good actually that you're starting with a nine and it's probably why it's at the top. Right. And, and I always wondered why was the nine at the top? Right. Mm-hmm. Because shouldn't one, one start the whole thing off. Right. right. But it's called the Enneagram, it, which means nine. Yeah. So of course nine one. would be the top. It's not the Unogram. <laughs> it's not the Uniogram. <laughs> <laughs> that would be not a great, uh, a symbol of life, I think. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> well, here's to all of you nines out there. Ah, you hear that, nines? He loves us. Yep. And uh, so, I, I guess in a nutshell, um, nines love a peaceful life. Uh, they're called uh, the peacemaker, right? They're uh, really into um, making sure that it's sort of a, a serene uh like that island music that was playing earlier, <laughs> this beautiful scene um, that is life, where we can um, we can work to create harmony and wholeness and all these these things we talk about around the word shalom, you know. Yeah. Um, and so that that's kind of a lovely picture, but uh, that desire, that core desire of kind of um, creating peace and keeping the status quo is maybe a more negative way to say it as well. Um, but that, that obviously can, can get people into trouble. Um, so, uh, one, one thing that, uh, we were talking about stress and security. So, uh, this is just for nines. So in stress, nines start to act like unhealthy sixes, Mm -hmm. um, who are, who are called the loyalists. Um, Nines in in stress become overcommitted, worried, rigid, uh, wary of others, and anxious, even though they don't know why. Um, And uh, these nines become more self-doubting, 
which makes decision making even more difficult than usual and it's already difficult because you're trying to make the piece and you don't want to have too strong of an opinion right, right? right, right. Uh, because yeah. if your opinion is too strong you might upset somebody that might start conflict yeah and then there goes all of your peace and serenity right, if you right. create any sort of conflict yeah. in life a nine just constantly wants to not make conflict right right Let's exactly just, and so and 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 is it fair to say and you can tell me if it's not but is it fair to say that a nine would even value the peace and the lack of conflict over their own opinion right oh yeah and so that's why it's like it's mm-hmm. very difficult to have uh, you know even just a simple decision you know mm-hmm. that even if there's a you know like what do you want to where do you want to go for dinner you're going to go out right. where do you want to go for dinner we would be like, well, if I choose this, it might bring up this conflict about that. It might be a small conflict, but that would not be peace, mm-hmm. and that would not be comfortable. Yeah. And so I'd rather just I'd rather say, say I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. I'm good with anything. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah, I really don't want to eat liver, yeah. but yeah. hey, if that'll keep the peace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's exactly. have some liver and onions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and these nines are... Um, uh, Interestingly, they become reactive, a big departure for a number that is rarely, if ever, quick to react. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting about the nine, the six, and the three is they make a triangle, mm-hmm. um, sort of this this middle triangle within the, the Enneagram. I guess the other numbers are making um, you know, non-equal uh, triangle. I can't think of the, the word for the different kinds of triangles, but... Uh, they they interact with one another the nine the six and the three, um, yeah because the yeah the the big main triangles in the middle the other ones don't actually connect in that same way right, right? Yeah. they connect across just like the one side yeah. of the circle right well we'll put this in the show notes mm-hmm. so that people can link to some some images of it yeah I mean people can you can just punch in enneagram right uh, and and search it that way too yeah. but but we'll link some stuff in the show notes. And so, so nines, that, that's kind of the beauty of it, you know, in, in stressful moments when, uh, when I'm not my best, I, I know that I'm sliding into, uh, this sort of not great area of the sixes as well, right? These, uh, reactive, um, not able to think clearly, um, not able to make very good decisions, those kind of things. Um, and obviously we know that when we're stressed, our thinking goes down the toilet anyway, yeah. you know? um, <laughs> Yeah, that's a clear correlation. But on the flip side, in security, um, when nines are feeling comfortable and safe in the world, uh, they move to the positive side of a three, and the threes are the performer, uh, which which is what I thought I was first when I yeah. was doing the Enneagram. I, well, that's just because you were in such a secure place in life when you first I guess, started doing it, yeah, you know? I guess so. And then life knocked you down, yep. and you realize you're a nine. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, where, uh, you know, they are, they're more goal oriented, decisive, self-confident and in touch with, uh, life's agenda and flourishing nines struggle less with inertia, which can be a problem for nines, uh, generally speaking, like inertia or, um, putting energy toward things that might be life giving and, um, right. Cause again, if you're like putting energy towards something that might create change and change might create conflict and conflict might take away um, 
that peace and serenity that is is the basis for all of living for a nine yeah right so um when when healthy um and feeling secure and and really kind of flourishing um they take command of their lives and uh, believe their presence in the world matters and more importantly nines connected to this positive side of uh three can experience and enjoy genuine peace and harmony because of those things um so in in such an effort sometimes to keep the peace uh everything might erupt in your face <laughs> right 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 in an effort to maybe make some changes and and really try to uh be who you were made to be you can actually reach that peace so there's and if it sounds if it sounds sort of complicated and and, and long long winding road ish <laughs> i think it's just kind of the nature of of how the enneagram works you know sliding into different numbers and different situations yeah. of life and knowing that okay nine is my foundation but i but i feel a lot of these other things and right. and now i have language that helps me realize like oh yeah maybe i am keep you know playing it safe too often or um you not making changes just because i'm afraid of a of a little conflict or um or whatever it may be um so yeah that's a that's a little bit about the 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 sliding scales that okay. you you were talking about a little yeah. bit earlier yeah. the the moving from one number to another yeah it's it's really interesting to you know to think about that because there are so many different ways in life that we sort of end up responding differently than we would have expected, right? And actually, in most situations, right, in most, I guess, situations where we have a, a negative experience or something bad happens or it's an it's a emergency or a traumatic thing um, or just out of the ordinary, mm-hmm. you know, I think so many times we look back at how we dealt with that and we're like, what was I doing? You know, like, why did I do that? Or why was I being like that, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, those moments in life can really, like, jar you into a new space that you didn't, you don't in your everyday life expect yourself to be in, right? right. That new place of, like, how did I, how did I get, how did I, why did I respond that way? Or why did I behave that way? Or why did I act that way? Yeah. You know? Um, I mean, I, I even, I had a situation this this weekend where I, you know, snapped at Lilo or something was so small and stupid. And I don't even know why I did it, mm-hmm. you know, and I ca- ca- caught myself today kind of thinking about it. Like, why did it, what was that about? Like, why <laughs> did I even do that? You know? And, and so maybe a better understanding of some of these things can help you, you know, right. like in those scenarios and situations to say, okay, well that was because I, sl- I slid over to this other unhealthy place, mm-hmm. you know, that's connected to really, it's connected to, who I am, but I'm getting there by a by a route that I didn't know I could take. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and so I think it can yeah, it can be really helpful just just with our own sort of everyday understanding of, mm-hmm. of who we are and how we move yeah. through life. Yeah, and on the positive side too, I mean you you have already mentioned how uh, you're a different person than you were four months ago and, and it kind of sounds like, you know, for the for the positive, you know, in the mm-hmm in positive ways. And, and so you can look, look back to it. It gives you the opportunity to say, 
well, these are, I think this is kind of how I, how I got there. And that, you know, I took a chance, tried, tried some of these different things out and look, some of them are working and, and then you can, then you can kind of not lose it because the Enneagram allows you to go, go back and write down kind of like why these things are working and why you feel so, you know, more fulfillment or whatever, whatever word you have. And uh, you get a chance to keep keep that kind of stuff going, keep the momentum of uh, yeah. uh, flourishing, I guess. Yeah, yeah, because it's um, it's one of those things where when you start to engage with the enneagram, you um, you sort of see like, all right, well, this is my core. This is the place that I'm at. But then you find out that in order to have growth, you know, you have to you have to put some sort of an effort into it, right? Mm-hmm. You have to say, all right, well, I'm going to try this. Like you were talking about being a nine, you know, and this idea of having to step into the possibility of even just a little bit of conflict, <laughs> you know, in order to become an even, even truer version of yourself, right? right. Like it, mm-hmm. if I can embrace the possibility of going into this slightly dangerous, murky water, mm-hmm. then I might... I might actually have some growth come out of it, you know, whereas sometimes, and that's the interesting thing too, is when you learn more about your Enneagram types, you can, you can see how your own type kind of handicaps you in certain ways, right? right? It kind of, it'll, it'll hold you back. It'll place some Mm -hmm. restrictions on you. And, um, yeah. Or you can start using it as an excuse as well. You know, I'm a nine, so yeah, I'm, I'm not going to, be in conflict with that person yeah even though that's the only way to solve the problem right right but yeah. i'm a nine i can't do it yeah yeah <laughs> i'm just gonna live into my nineness right now <laughs> yeah yeah right um so i wanted to talk a little bit about the um the body center with the nine kind of being right there in the in the thick of it right because that's in the middle on the top middle on the top right. um eight is to the left um and one is to the right um, and they're the they're the body center. So, a little bit about you know that's kind of it doesn't make sense when you just hear the body center really uh, only right. on the surface, I guess. So, um, these these three they they all all these numbers their their core way of being acts to get needs met in the world, um, have a strong sense of how things should be. Um, so very very connected to instincts. Um, the power that they hold within themselves, and uh, and things like anger uh, is very present in the body, right? We kind of um, when you feel anger, you 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 know you feel it as an emotion, but you kind of sense it in in your gut and in your body. Um, so their worth the in the body center, all all three is wrapped up in their ability to shape the world according to their needs. Um, so, so nines are trying to shape this serene, peaceful world. Often, you know, behind the scenes, I, I know it from experience, right? Like trying to, <laughs> trying to manipulate is maybe too strong of a word, but like sort of manipulate the world around you, the the situations. Um, you know, maybe having conversations here and then conversations there, to knowing how how folks are going to be interacting, and if you can. If you can cut something off at the past, then you can keep that uh, that serenity and that peace. And yeah. and so ones and eights are are doing that in different ways for 
um, for different reasons, but they're all they're all trying to uh, build the world according to what they need. Um, because control, if you can control your world, that's like the next best thing to independence. But obviously, um, as we've said in in previous podcasts, you can't control your world as much as you think you can. Right. Um, and when that can't, when control can't be obtained, um, or when boundaries are violated, or these needs are not being met, um, anger is just very present in the in the body center. Um, you know, eights, you can just sense their anger; you can feel it um, palpably. Um, it they don't really hide it. Ones I'm a little less clear on how anger shows up, so that's that's maybe for another uh, <laughs> podcast episode, just strictly about ones. But um, for nines, again, it's this thing where um, anger is a is a danger of creating conflict. Um, so I would I would describe that I don't really know how to express my anger, even though I feel it. Mm-hmm. because I've suppressed it for so long because I know if if I get angry at somebody or angry at a situation and show it, that might create conflict right, or right. might create uh, a, a, a break in this utopian <laughs> view that I'm trying to build in, yeah. in the world. Um, so I would say maybe nines just don't necessarily know how to be angry and when they get angry, it's more of an explosion. It's like, yeah, it's, it feels like something that's been suppressed for many yeah. years or decades, maybe, right? And it just explodes all of a sudden. So uh, that's something that is is body center uh, uh, specific. Although, I mean, all the numbers obviously feel anger, but um, th- this is anger is very on the surface. There, it's like it's mm-hmm. like bubbling around eights nines and ones so um, yeah a little bit about the body center there uh when uh when they have gifts and obstacles relating to taking action in anger um often these issues will will frame or be framed in in terms of justice or um personal and social ways um driven to shape the the world around them to their vision and when they cannot make those things happen again it's kind of this they feel it in their gut um the the way it should be and eights are able to to maybe express their anger very clearly that this is the way something should be um nines want to but can't (laughs) (laughs) the desire to want to express the anger (laughs) i have this anger that i'd like to express but i'm not sure how (laughs) yeah right um and ones uh if you're one uh email the show you can tell us (laughs) yeah yeah we we need to know more about ones yeah Yeah. i i i do think um speaking of wings not buffalo wings um but that sounds good though i know with a screamer and a buffalo wings (laughs) Wings yankees game on um yeah, the, did they win? By the way, oh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, let me check. Um, oh, they're they're in the post game, so I don't know what that means. Um, the the streaming is over, so I guess I just, oh, yeah. just I guess go to ESPN. Um, New York Yankees won. All right, series is there tied you have it, two ladies and gentlemen. 
you already knew this. You part. heard it first here, Music of the Furious <laughs> you did podcast. Hear it first. I'm sure you did. <laughs> yeah. All right, they go to game five. Yeah. All right. Um, but uh, wings. So I would I would say that I'm very much not in tune with eights. I, uh, the energy of of the of the eight, but I, so I do you typically does your your wing typically go in just one one direction? Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. So okay, um, and it it stays within the mm-hmm. the center, the so the heart center. Oh, the wing. Well, stays? no, no, that's not. I guess that's not true because uh, some one, like nine, it will stay in the nine. It would right, yeah. but for a one, but for they a could one, go to a could, two. Yeah, they which could, is in the true. heart center. Yes, yeah. is that true? Yeah. I so mean, maybe, yeah. Um, maybe that's more um, more exciting to be able to step out of Ooh, your yeah. center I got <laughs> with your centers. wing. <laughs> I have two centers. <laughs> I'm like an egg with two yolks. Yeah, a four could uh, four is in the same predicament, I guess. Um, <laughs> no, a four could go to a five, a five wing, which gets into a different center. Yeah, uh, head yeah. center. So I'm like a double stuffed Oreo. <laughs> <laughs> so a nine with a with a one wing, I'll just. Um, and, and some of these things I've been sharing is uh, from the book The Road Back to You uh, by Ian Cron, who does the Typology oh, okay. podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, is he following us on uh, Instagram yet? Uh, haven't asked him yet. <laughs> you know, we've been waiting for f- <laughs> oh, at least true. episode that's true. seven. We, right? have to get, we have to get past seven episodes yeah. before we start Maybe trolling other podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. You want to listen to my podcast? Um, but so nines with a one wing... Um, and one is the perfectionist, is usually what it's called. Have a strong sense of the difference between right and wrong. Uh, one energy helps these nines stay a little more focused, so they are able to accomplish more, which enhances their confidence. Um, can't read. Uh, the, the nine wing one are uh, more critical, orderly, introverted, and, and passive-aggressive than other nines. Uh, because of their concern about matters of right and wrong, they're apt to be involved in peacemaking efforts or with other social justice causes. These nines are principled and modest as leaders, and people want to follow them because of their integrity and steadfastness. Yeah. So I would say, I, I mean, I obviously don't uh, <laughs> fall into all of those, uh, those lovely words, but... Um, no, you can kind of get a sense of the numbers next to you as well um, yeah. once you figure out your own and yeah. and really get a sense of oh yeah I'm like you know if I'm a if I'm a two oh, I'm a lot more uh, closely linked to three than to one and and so on and so forth and uh, that also just gives you another layer right it just kind of like yeah. you have this foundation and you're just building kind of brick by brick this uh, beautiful house of you yeah um, that is complex and. Uh, you got plants growing over there, and <laughs> some mind fruit out by the <laughs> mind <fence>. fruit over, <laughs> yeah, over in the garden, and um, yeah, some uh, some island music playing yeah. on the stereo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I could get into a little more of of nine, but you know, that maybe that's maybe that's another another podcast. We've kind of. Uh, probably given enough of the enneagram to yeah to chew on for a bit <laughs> yeah yeah i think um i think it's a great place to start um i think you know we've we've talked about it as a as an element of um you know that it's uh that it's like a personality test 
you know, that we're familiar with, you know, and like my daughter will find them online all the time. Lila will, you know, walk over with her Chromebook and be like, Dad, let me give you a personality test. I want to tell you what kind of sea creature you are, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then I then I find out, you know, I'm I'm some sort of a like bottom-dwelling algae or something. <laughs> like, okay, great, thanks. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's... So we've established that you know it's it's similar to those things, but that mm-hmm. it is it is something that can you know that people can engage with on a on a much broader and yet also deeper level that adds a narrative value to a larger portion of life mm-hmm. than just a simple personality test. Yes, yeah. it's, it's kind of what it sounds like. Sure, um, and it's something that people can in, engage at whatever level they want to. You know, right. it can be just sort of simple, like, "Oh, this is my number, and this mm-hmm. is you know sort of the the place I'm at," or you can get into the "This is these are the wings," you know, "These are my subtypes," or "These are my you know where I slide in." What was the terminology? Terminology stress. Um, and I think stress and security. At stress least in and security in right. uh, Ian yeah. Cron's book. But, right, right. So stress yeah. and security. So you but, can, yeah, flourishing or yeah, you know. The opposite of flourishing. Yeah, yeah. De-flourishing. <laughs> De-flourishing. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's another thing. Like, when you're, you know, if you're interested in uh, figuring out your number, there's different ways to go about that as well. Like, yeah. you know, you can read these kind of cool, like, narrative paragraphs that sort of describe a right. a person. And it's describing each number. And you can kind of read all nine paragraphs um, and, and do it that way. Kind of choose one or two that really resonate with you and, uh, <laughs> we need to find a synonym for that word um so maybe i'll just go on thesaurus.com no i think it's good i think we resonate here on the music oh right yeah podcast. i'm, I'm yes. yeah Feeling if we had to have one word that we repeat too much here that should be it yeah that's yeah. true yeah rather um, than uh yeah <laughs> like... um and th- that might be good for you know those heart types that like to read stories and yeah um, figure out what's happening in the world or if you're a head type you might want to take a uh there's different tests out there with like 120 questions and then right, it'll, right, right. it'll tally up your yeah you want to score uh, yeah i want to see some numbers you want to score yeah I, <laughs> you know 40 on yeah. f- number five okay yeah that that's me yeah. yeah um so there's different ways of even just entering into it which is pretty cool you can start listening to the typology podcast yeah you know and, and yeah. things like that yeah, and if you do, tell them that Music of the Spheres sent you. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> when you email that show. Yeah. yeah, typology. Why did you get ten new listeners? That was us. That, that was, was us. episode six, right there, doing its job. Yeah, cool. Um, um, and they—I mean—they also one last thing. They also yeah. say, um, you know, if if you start getting into it, if you're, if you're already into it, um, and you come across people who aren't, it's it's best not to say like, oh, I think you're. Uh, Right. Dot dot dot. You right, know, right. it's really it's really meant for the the person to figure out yeah on their own yeah um what what's going on with them and let them have that own their own discovery. Like I said, you know, I at first I thought like oh three kind of sounds right because I did a lot of theater and sort right. of performing and yeah. um was comfortable in crowds uh, because of the ministry work and um, being up in front of people at at a summer camp job and so mm-hmm. i was like oh that's me and then then uh later on i discovered no that's <laughs> maybe that's me when i'm i'm flourishing but that's not uh regular old jason so. yeah 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 cool all right well um 
Thank you very much for sharing that with us. Um, yeah. It's a great introduction into um, a little bit about what the Enneagram has to offer. Yeah. I mean, we really could do a whole episode on every type, a whole episode on all oh, the yeah. subtypes and all that stuff. So yeah. very cool. Thanks for getting us started on, on Definitely this. Definitely a 101. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Another 101. Um, all right. So we're going to take a short break, and we will come back in just a few minutes and let these thoughts sink in. And we'll share some uh, some closing ideas with you. Thanks so much for being with us here on the Music of the Spheres podcast. Music of the Spheres podcast. Yeah, we were just we were just having a little laugh there in the break. <laughs> it happens sometimes here in the studio. We like to share most of our laughing with all of you, but uh, but that one um, that one that one happened before the record button was hit. So <laughs> that's just, you're just gonna have to wonder what we were laughing about. I know that's really entertaining podcast material right there. <laughs> um, it wasn't that funny. No, it wasn't. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, it was more of a pity laugh. It was, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, clearly, you know what type I am on the Enneagram. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, thanks so much, Jason, for um, for getting us started on the Enneagram subject. It is, it is to me, it's it's very fascinating. I've always been... I've always been the kind of person that really likes those kinds of things. You know, I remember when I first encountered the Myers-Briggs... Um, and I, I went through the whole test and I and I got my results and then I read like the the write up of what that type is mm-hmm. and how much it really sort of struck a chord with me. I even, I think I even cried in in like reading it, you know. So that will probably help you also guess <laughs> what Enneagram type I am. <laughs> the one with lots of tears. Um mm. but yeah, it was definitely one of those like, you know, oh wow, this is really cool because it can help you to have a, a a greater a deeper understanding first of who who you are right um and i think that that's actually been a common theme through a lot of the first episodes of this show is this idea of understanding yourself mm-hmm. right of of knowing you know um the emailer that we read tonight talked about um the answers lie within and how that's something that this person has recognized right that they are a vessel of the divine and that it's, you know, um, that within that space you can find the inner teacher and mm-hmm. you can learn more about everything that you are meant to be through this, you know, sort of inward reflection. And we've, I think, touched on it in other places as well, that, 
sort of just taking the the time to better understand yourself, to to look within and um, to not try to understand ourselves so much with all of the outside stuff, um, the different roles that we fulfill in life for all sorts of people or um, different labels that we place upon ourselves, um, different vocations that we pick up along the way or hobbies. So like a lot of times, you know, that's kind of how we identify ourselves, isn't it? Right. You say like, oh, who are you? And you'll you'll start talking about what you like to do, you know, like uh, somebody that, you know, likes to go fishing. Well, I'm a fisherman, you know, I like to do that, you know, And, and maybe that is true. Like that's really how you connect with being alive. Yeah. But I think so many times in life we we sort of pile up um, who we are with these outside mm-hmm. things and and never actually take that time to really look within and see what's the real core. Because, I mean, what really, what can happen in life is those outside things can change, right? Oh, yeah. They can be taken away from you, you know? Um, the, somebody who loves fishing, I don't know why that was just the one that came up, i Maybe I'm hungry for some haddock or something. (laughs) (laughs) I actually like shellfish better. (laughs) It's like smoked oysters or something. Yeah, why go for the tilapia when you could have some uh, soft-shell crab or something? Oh, yes. Uh, Yeah, or little neck clams, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. That sounds good, but but anyway, um, those things can be taken away from you. You know, you could you could get into a position where you know you're you're not um, healthy enough physically to get out on a boat or whatever to go fishing. You know, or whatever it might be. Those things can be taken away from you, but your core is still there, right? And so that's why I think endeavors like this are so helpful to the journey of life in this world, is because they help us to to still value all of that outside stuff. Right. Because it is a part of who we are, right? But it's not the essence of who we are. And so something like this helps us to to have some time to mm-hmm. kind of t- turn the, you know, the mind's eye inward, as it were, and look at the other deeper parts of ourselves and understand them on a more universal level, right? Yeah. Instead of describing yourself as, I am a fisherman, Maybe you say, I love fishing because of this, fill in the blank, you know, whatever it is about me, right? Maybe yeah. it's that you love being out in, in creation, you know, or you love the, the, um, the cycle of, of life and the way that another living thing, you know, sort of gives its life to you mm-hmm. in this, you know, exchange of, of life energy that happens. Yeah, right? think of how finding, um, like, the purpose for why you like doing these things uh, finding that purpose uh, might enrich it like tenfold, right, right, hundredfold, whatever. Yeah, right? the experience of it, right. Because if you know why, why do I love this, or why do I love to engage in this particular thing, then it helps you to understand really like how to engage in that particular thing, whatever it is, on a deeper level. Mm-hmm. You know, like I have, um, I've had a lot of conversations with um, our our cousin. Um, and uh, he's a sailor, and he's taken me sailing on his on his boat a couple times. And him and I love 
love to just go sailing and then talk about how much we love sailing. <laughs> While you're sailing? While we're sailing. Wow, that's like a yeah. sailing inception. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. It's just it's wonderful. And 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 you sort of you're out there on the boat and, and you're experiencing you know, you experience the it's really just the experience of of nature, of creation. But to go back to last week, resonance and, and wind and movement and vibration, mm-hmm. you know, and that having an influence on the physical world, you know, that the that a boat could just be propelled in such a way just by the way that, that breeze is blowing, you know. Yeah. And and the way that aerodynamics are working both in the water with the keel and the rudder mm-hmm. and then also with the with the air on the on the uh, on the sails. And you know, so we, we enjoy just doing that, but but in talking about it, we understand more deeply, right? Right, what it is that we really appreciate about it, yeah. right? And so it makes you like it more than oh, this is a cool sensation mm-hmm. when the boat moves because of wind. It's actually we're understanding it at a deeper, more connected level, and I think that's what an exercise like you know engaging mm-hmm. with the enneagram can do for people is that it can get you to this place of I'm more deeply engaging with who I am and and how I express myself in the world mm-hmm. and then that will allow me the opportunity to be more deeply engaged with my whole existence yeah you know and with the you know with the relationship in that particular one it's with your cousin and your sharing this experience and because you're talking about it at a deeper level you're you're putting the relationship on a deeper level as well. Oh yeah. Right? And so that's yeah. kind of cool about the Enneagram too is um it is so interpersonal yeah. um, in nature as well. Even though it's, you know understand yourself so you can understand other people, but yeah. It it really emphasizes that relationship aspect. Yeah. And uh while we're while we're on the subject, we gotta wish him a happy birthday. It was just his birthday this weekend. That's so, right. Yeah. yeah. So happy birthday to cousin Aaron. And uh, him and I were actually um, having a chat uh, this past week, and uh, he mentioned the podcast. He's been he's been a listener as well. So that's great. Yeah, yeah it's just it's cool to to engage in that way. Um, another thing that that sort of popped up when when we were or when you were presenting on the Enneagram <clears throat> was this uh, idea, and it's I think it's a little bit more specific to nines perhaps than other uh, types. You mentioned the idea of inertia. Right. And and sometimes that, you know, sort of you sort of mentioned it in the way of putting energy towards things. Right. Like, what am I going to apply energy into? Um, but I I think also f- from what I understand about nines is they can also feel very like caught up in the inertia of the flow of time to where it can be very stressful. Mm-hmm. I remember at some point there was some sort of an exercise we were doing, you know, um, and maybe it was in the class in seminary where we were talking about the Enneagram, but there was an exercise of like, okay, there's this person in your congregation and you have to talk to them about something and they're this particular type and here's your three options of how you'll approach the situation. Mm -hmm. Right. And that was kind of the, you know, that was the exercise. And for one of them, it was a nine and it was about like, you know, do you tell them that this is late and it's due tomorrow and it has to get done right now? Or do you just kind of let them know, like, you, you, you're you there to help them get through this 
you know, project and have it done, you know. Mm-hmm. And and the whole idea was like, don't press a nine with time commitments because they can't take it, right? Like that's what pushes them off into that place of, you know, there's too many, too much pressure on me as far as time. This is going to create a conflict when I can't get it done at the right time, mm-hmm. you know. This is going to mess with my peace. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're disturbing my peace because I'm having a yeah. peaceful moment now and you're asking me to do this thing, you know. So, right. um, so it's oftentimes seemed to me as though nines are, are sensitive to time pressures and, you know, that kind of, that kind of, I guess that overarching pressing that life has on us to meet deadlines and have mm-hmm. time, you know, sort of have everything laid out in, in, in calendars at the right time and all this. So I, I wondered if that's true to your experience. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think there is a, like a temporal nature to it. Um, because if you're, you know, if you're looking to, uh, build a world, right. As it kind of says, uh, about the, the body center, you know, build this world that, um, that makes sense. Uh, then you're, you're going to want to also have control of how long or short that all takes. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And if you can't, then obviously that would sort of send you into, into stressful situations. Now I think, um, because of my one wing, and the uh, perfectionist piece, there's obviously some procrastination that comes with perfectionism too, because you're trying to, when you're trying to create the perfect thing, obviously you can't do it. Um, So procrastination kind of lingers. And then eventually the time commitment, the deadline just like snaps you. Forces you. Yeah. So I think my one wing helps me uh, with my temporal sense of things just because i yeah some i just need to get things done yeah <laughs> you know yeah um and, and once i get them done then i can go back to the piece <laughs> right 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 right. <laughs> right. Uh, gotta kick my feet up on the easy chair yeah listen to some of these of... uh yeah listen to some of these uh these island jams that jordan put in our <laughs> in our podcast drink a drink a jenny screamer and uh think yeah. about the good life <laughs> right right yeah uh yeah, so that's interesting to me, um, the whole temporal aspect of it that you have brought up, because I think so much of not only what we've been talking about on the podcast so far, but also of our experience in this world is trying somehow, and I, and I think we all do this in different ways, and I wonder if this is actually the inception of the Enneagram, is... I think maybe what if it's all just trying to help us deal with this problem of living in time, you know? And and I think that's because I get, I get the sense of this all the time, (laughs) time, all the time Uh, (laughs) that, you know, I mean, so many of the struggles and challenges that we deal with in life are related to temporality, Mm -hmm. you know? Like even issues that we have, you know, personally are often, they're often related to a flow of events, you know, that if, if the order of the events were switched, it wouldn't be a conflict, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, have you ever thought about that? Like, think about a, think about a relationship that you have in your life, which I think we all do. 
a, a broken relationship or one that has challenges or difficulties to it. Yeah. Usually it has to do with a certain flow of events and the way that those things played out, mm-hmm. right? Um, and this person didn't do this thing at this time or this person didn't respond that way at that time, you know, or this right. was however it works. There's a million ways to break a relationship. Right? <laughs> but, but if you think about that, most of that is temporality, right? Then you think about stress. W- what is what is the most common stressor that we all have is like having to get things done at, mm-hmm. by a certain time or having too much on our plate. What does that mean? I have too much to get done in a day. Right. You know, I don't have the time to do this thing that I want to do because I got to do all these other things. That's all temporal, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if, you know, endeavors like the Enneagram are really trying, like, uh, one of humanity's best attempts to answer the question of time. Yeah. You know, because I, I think that's one of those things we struggle with. We get here and we're like, you know, and, and if we go back to the episode about, you know, some pre-birth memories and stuff of this other place or other realm or other kind of existence, maybe time wasn't the same there, right? And so you get here and mm-hmm. I feel like we always are struggling with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, And you can see how much uh, messiness time causes in our lives oh right? yeah so if we could yeah if we could create a you know any a gram a nine sided figure uh design that would help us make sense of uh how we can how we can better prioritize how we can uh better uh, uh produce uh the way of life that we envision yeah where time isn't such a uh, uh, not negative force, but just a maybe a, a force that is keeping us stuck in the mud or right. whatever. Right. Uh, then, yeah, let's let's make that diagram and let's uh, let's figure it out. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's what it is. I think that's you know, I think uh, that's part of it. I don't think that's that's all of it, but that's just what I got thinking about when you yeah. started talking about inertia as a nine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also I really appreciated what you were talking about um, when uh, when you talked about moving from um, from your center as a nine into the other places. Like to to in your in your healthy you know secure place, you go to a three, mm-hmm. right? But in your um, in your place where you're, what's the term for uh, it? Yeah. The, Stress. So your stress. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, the place of stress. You yeah. go to a six, right? As a as a nine. And what you described there, though, was that there was an element of you needed to um, have a little effort in the in the advancement, right? Mm-hmm. So to advance in that security into a new place, it takes kind of this um, understanding of where you are. And then an application of that understanding to the point of breaking, even and it's not even a it's not even a very firm boundary. It's it's kind of an easy boundary to break, but you have to break it mm-hmm. to get through that into this new place. And for a nine, it's the idea of conflict, mm-hmm. right? That if I really am going to shine like a like the true three that I'm meant to be, you know, <laughs> be that performer, that leader, that person that's out there. 
you know, making the best of my desire to make peace, right? Not just peace for mm-hmm. myself and the world of right. you know, reconciliation, in, yeah. but peace for the greater, mm-hmm. you know, community around me and maybe even the world, right? But to do that, you can't just sit on your couch with your feet up, right? You know, there's an element of I got to step out, but that's going to lead to some conflict, mm-hmm. right? And so to, to, to do that, you have to feel secure enough in your understanding of who you are to make that step. Whereas to go the other way takes no work at all, mm-hmm. right? Like you don't have to do anything to go backwards, yep. right? And in, and in fact, I think that's the lesson, right? Right. That in order to to advance to to know thyself better, right? To have and to become a more full expression of who you were meant to be, mm-hmm. right? It does take a little work, yeah. <laughs> right, like which is. You know, sometimes it's, uh, yeah, I know, but I just want to be like the perfect me without having to do any work, you know, right. but, yeah. but it's not how it, that's uh-huh. not how it goes, you know? And, and so I think that that's a really interesting, I, I liked very much that you shared that because it, you know, it, it made, it reminded me that there's this idea of, um, having to put in a little bit of the work to do that. Mm-hmm. However, you also mentioned something like, um, when uh yeah when you it's like when you let go of some of that fear that's mm-hmm. when you're able to make that advancement right right and it's about it's about letting go and so now we're back to episode two with <laughs> how do we deal with fear right? right but but yeah that's i think that's that's such a big part of it is that idea of, of just letting it go giving it up and mm-hmm. saying i'm just gonna i'm just gonna trust that i can make this step or i can i can you know, go into this place. Yeah. It's almost like um, living a, a 2D existence or a, versus a, th- a 3D existence. We It's easy to um, you know, look at the Enneagram as this 2D image and you see the types and you see it all and how it works and you see yourself and your number. Um, but it it might just be that and you, you kind of understand yourself, but it's you know it's hard work to to do change work uh, you know obviously in uh counseling school I'm learning that as well it's yeah that's that's what i mean people are wanting change we all want to better ourselves i think that's yeah. kind of a universal <clears throat> yeah. thing um but it's that's really hard work so you can you can see how the enneagram is almost a, a mirror image where if we become like 3d ourselves we're you know uh, advancing into those into that change talk or uh change actions whatever it may be that's when the enneagram really starts to come alive as well as is when um it's like okay you're you're along for the ride with me and and let's let's do this thing it's going to it's going to get a little bumpy yeah but um but that's why the guide is so rich and full of of all these ways to kind of support you yeah yeah, it's it's awesome, and uh, so I'm, I'm hoping that we can get some of our um, listeners the opportunity to engage with it. We will put in the show notes a few links to some different places where they can find the Enneagram if they're not mm-hmm. familiar with it. Um, so we'll we'll get that linked up. The the last thing that I that I thought of, um, and we we won't get into uh, my Enneagram type because I I do know my type, um, and I. And I know some about myself, but the the wing thing that you talked about tonight was interesting. And I think I I think I might have a better idea of my own wing now than I did before. 
But um, I do think, though I won't talk about my type because we'll we'll save that for another episode. I do think the um, the subtypes you were talking about, the instincts, right, which you said were self preservation. Mm-hmm. We could say either sexual or one to one, and then um, social. So mm-hmm. those three um, those three instincts or subtypes, I think those come into play um, even even more heavily when we're talking about relationship. And I wonder if you feel the same way because I feel like that's like that's kind of what those things speak towards is how do we relate to one another? Right. Right? You know how do we how do we engage with mm-hmm. with each other? So I just wondered if you thought the same thing about that or. Yeah, I think so cuz um uh, yeah, the other the other areas are kind of helping you think about yourself and then um you know, once you once you know someone's number, like I I know your number and obviously you know mine. Um and that I think that has helped us a little bit understand one another that we wouldn't just yeah. express um yep. but then those those subtypes really kind of make sense of um that's almost where like guiding principles yeah. and values come in. Yeah, it's like that's that's what's uh, what's guiding you in in relationship, and to know that to know those things about people is is helpful too. To know if they're if yeah. they're a one to one person, then it means they want to they want to be with you and have conversations with you and and talk deeply and right. Yeah, and that's and that's I think the key thing in in relationship and we can, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe this can be part of another Enneagram episode that you can bring us in the future. But, um, just that idea of, you know, in a relationship, trying to find that, that balance of, you know, how, how do we actually relate? Do we, you know, are we, are we both social types? Right. So we're, you know, we're okay in big groups and that's all very cool, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, or are we both self-preservation and we don't ever want to be in the outside world, <laughs> you know, we just want to be yeah. in our bunker together and, or are we one-to-one where, you know, all of our, you know, relationships sort of function on that, that individual to individual level. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think relationships can work on, on all iterations of that. It's not, not saying that you have to be exactly the same type, right? right? In that but understanding who the other is in your important relationships mm-hmm. in life can be so, you know, so important to the the health of those relationships. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. That's like the, the hidden gem of of the enneagram is. Yeah. It's what it can do for our interactions. Yeah. So uh so maybe the next time you do enneagram, we'll do my type. And then we can work around through the other types. Yeah. And then we can start getting into the you know what those subtypes are because that's to me that's always been like where the where the meat of it is mm-hmm. um but maybe that's because of my subtype <laughs> <laughs> and the way that i you know relate to people yeah. i don't know but, so it's but the, but it is fascinating and i have other questions um but we're we're kind of out of time for that so um that's why we have that portion in next week's uh, opening segment to brush up things from last right, week yeah. so we'll see what we have to yeah. say we'll see if anyone has uh, gone and done any of the yeah. The tests or narratives, narrative paragraphs, and figured out uh, where they are on the gram. Yeah. Not the Instagram. <laughs> but you can find us it's at the Music of the Spheres Pod on Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. Got to make sure you throw that in there. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, uh, thanks for um, sticking with us through episode number six. We are almost to the magic number of seven. 
Um, and we hope that uh, that you're enjoying this show as much as we are enjoying uh, making it. Uh, we would uh, just like to throw out a few thank yous. So first of all, we got to thank Genesee Beer again. They uh, they brewed this beautiful cream ale that we've enjoyed. And I got, um, it was a 30 rack when we started, but I got I got a good like 26 left, I think. <laughs> um, and I want to uh, just say a big thank you to our anonymous emailer for the evening. We'll come up with a pen name for you soon, or you will share uh, what your thoughts are on that. You know, we love having you as a part of the show. Thanks so much for that. Uh, please um, like or subscribe or provide us a rating on whichever platform you're on. Um, however that works for that platform, we would very much appreciate you doing that. Tell your friends about it. Uh, share the link uh, from your platform to your friends. Send them to our website. It's um, musicofthespherespodcast.com. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram. You can uh, follow us on Twitter, and you can like us on Facebook. Uh, make sure you send us an email. It's brothers at musicofthespherespodcast.com. And I think that's all we have to say for tonight, right? Yeah. You know I want to thank uh, uh, Ian Cron for his book, uh, The Road Back to You, which is great. You know, it kind of shares all, all the types and different information. Um, about subtypes and things like that and his podcast typology uh, one of my favorites and also so i i didn't mention it but um uh, why i i read a mr rogers quote is that he's a nine. Oh, nice and uh you know kind That's of awesome. kind of the the nine to, oh, yeah. to work oh, toward he's, to, yeah he's definitely a nine to, um, he's gotten to that three space of, yeah, of being a nine certainly so um yeah you know i have his picture uh on my wall and nice and uh Speaking of pictures on the wall, we just added something new to the studio. I know, yeah. Right behind me to the right, which none of you can see because a it's a podcast. Shout out to the, uh, the Dan Patrick Show uh, calendar. Yeah, yeah. We have our 2022 Dan Patrick Show calendar hanging up in the uh, Music of the Spheres podcast yeah. studio. So that's pretty exciting. Great. So uh, we will link to uh, Ian Crone's book and website yeah. uh, in the show notes so you can find all that stuff. Head over there, listen to that podcast, and tell them we sent you. <laughs> and that'll be awesome. Um, and with that, we will, uh, we will bid you all a, a good night. And uh, from the deepest part of our beings, we thank you for being part of our universe here on the Music of the Spheres podcast. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great night.
maybe I'm hungry for some haddock or something. <laughs> <laughs> I actually like shellfish better. 